Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My name is Dave Hanrowdy and there will be no encore. Welcome to a brand new episode of the show. I'm here with Kui Dabara. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, you have a hard act to follow. I was saying to you on the way in, I've spent the day watching Ryan Toberty be grilled by the Oireachtas Committee. Yes. So, you know, no pressure on you to be just as charismatic and entertaining as eight hours of government grilling. Yeah, no problem at all. Easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very boring, so... All you have to do is just not be boring. But that's not going to happen. Oh, no. Pressure. <laughs> um, welcome back. You were on the show years ago. It was like an Irish albums thing. Forever. Yeah. Forever ago. Like a proper like pre-pandemic, crazy long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So much has changed since then. Uh, of course, people will know you from your work in Wyvern Lingo. You are now pretty much, I mean, not pretty much, like you're a solo artist, but you're also uh, playing with Wallace Bird mm-hmm. in her band. Yep. Playing drums, I believe. That's true. You're also playing in Alison Russell's band. Very true also. Have I forgotten anybody? Uh, no. I mean, though, you know, their projects will come and go, but those have been the like touring ones. Yeah. Um, how are you finding the balancing act of all of this? Oh my God. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my brain is is completely frazzled. And if, and if I struggle to find any words today, you can blame it on that. Um yeah, no, but I mean, I think I, I think I'm at my most peaceful when I'm my most frazzled. I think I'm like, you know, the the happiest with my life when I feel like I have no more capacity to do anything, which is kind of, uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, really, but that's just the way it is, especially right now. Um, but yeah, I find it really hard to say no. You know, I'm trying to be selective, but when someone asks me, "Do you want to go on tour for three weeks with this like Grammy-nominated amazing artist from?" Uh, Canada, I'm not going to be like, no. I'm going to be like, yes, absolutely, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, I mean, I, I, we'll get to your new single, Treehouse, soon. And we'll get to your scooter tour, which is oh, coming that. up as well. And mm-hmm. that's going to be in our bio. In, in the show notes, we're going to put, like, a link into everything. So go get your tickets to the Scooter Tour of Ireland. We'll get chatting about that. But first, how does one find themselves in a Canadian Grammy-nominated artist band? Like, how does this happen? Well, basically, I it was through having toured with Wallace and the her tour manager that we had for the UK and Irish dates, uh, he is an old friend of Alison Russell's. And anytime she's over this part of the world, uh, he's the tour manager. So they needed a drummer. And then he, you know, reached out to me. And at first I was like, no, I have a wedding one of those days. And then he was like, think again. <laughs> and then I looked her up and I was like, never mind, I'll do it. I'm in. Um She's she's the real deal. Like her her star is rising, and it's it's kind of cool for me. I feel like 
So Wyvern Lingo, we're like active full time for like the last like seven, eight years. And then last year we decided to go on hiatus and I had like just hit like 31. And, you know, as a as a woman in the industry, you think, have I missed my chance in a way? You know, I feel like whether that's valid or not, it's definitely something that goes through everyone's head. You kind of feel like the time is running out. Whereas like then I started I immediately got the call from Wallace to play with her and Wallace is like pushing 40 and then Alison Russell, her star is rising. She's 44, a soccer mom, as she calls herself. <laughs> Do you know, so it's really like, it's been very um, serendipitous and like super inspiring to me to to be around these like really strong women that are really like owning their space and and uh, just like total powerhouses. So it's I think it's been like super valuable even though managing everything has been... A lot, but, you know, I love it. It's interesting to hear that that kind of uh, feeling would pervade across different forms of the music industry and not just a, a pop act. Yeah. Where, not that, you know, you've never, what you do isn't in any way pop at all, but like someone who's on a, a major label and they're a project or something and they got a team of people behind them. Yeah. And there probably is like a weird, pretty fucking bad attitude towards, well, if you don't have this done by this age, etc. I'm just wondering, like, I mean... Have you experienced that? Is this all kind of self-imposed? And has that managed to kind of go away at all? I mean, like, you're probably right in that I think it is mostly a pop world thing. And I guess it's probably a hard uh, idea for me to shake because I know, like, for example, with Wyvern Lingo, we started going for it when we were like 23, 24. And at the time we were told by uh, a couple of a couple of people like, oh, no, no, no. You're like you're you're past it now, but I think we were working with a label that were trying to get us into like a pop realm. You know, they had um, they had just been really successful with Hosier, and they wanted to go for like the big time. So we were being encouraged um, to write, you know, pop bangers, radio hits, and we were trying to do that the best we could while still keeping it very like true to us. You know, like we love pop music, but we were trying to do it our way. And yeah, it just yeah, you you do run into those those. Uh, those attitudes absolutely but I think I think like what I'm doing now just kind of is is it that's not really relevant I like to think that yeah but maybe that's just a little paranoia that's just never going to go you know yourself I think in any way you're always like you see these memes of online of like lists of ages that people achieved things at or any of this stuff and it could be bullshit could be total bullshit but it's it's just a little like niggling feeling sure I mean like we're sitting here uh saying to you like we're uh what, what time is Adam uh, Sonic Architect Labs here, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everybody. I've been sitting watching and listening. I, I neglected to introduce you. I apologize. It is uh, 6.57 p.m. Okay, so I'm five hours away from turning 39 years of age. Wow. I know, it's grim, isn't it? Um, and like, I'm a, I'm a man, you know, like, it's like that Homer Simpson thing of, you know, it's like, you know, I'm a white male aged, whatever, it's whatever. I think could actually could be 39. Um, everyone has to listen to me, but like, yeah, I'm not going to face the same problems, but like, I do find myself, you know, whether it's in media or whatever, being like, Hmm. I mean, like, would would they rather uh, someone who's just out of college, you know, who yeah, will work yeah, yeah. harder or like faster or be more eager? And I'm I'm a bit burnt out by the industry. And is this job over here something that will be more suited to someone who is just at the door of college, etc.? Yeah. But I've kind yeah, of always yeah. been like, you know, I went to college as a mature student. I've kind of, you know, I don't know what I'm doing in whether it's creative industry or whatever. But yeah, I I would have similar feelings yeah. in terms of just feeling like. Am I done? And of course, some people will look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? But like, if you feel it, you feel it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think, I think it's valid. I think it's a valid feeling for everybody. 
Like I've even, you know, I remember talking to a friend of mine who was like starting to study to be a doctor and they were feeling self-conscious about the age they'd be when they came out of college. You know, like the same with like people going into teaching and it's like, oh, it really doesn't matter. It's like totally in your head, you know, in that kind of way. So I think like, you know, the experience and the the work just speaks for itself and you just like have to just gung-ho go for it with that, you know. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just super glad to have been like, I think I needed to be around like Wallace and Alison and just see that like, like it's really cool to see that being represented that, yeah, you can totally be like, your star can be rising at any point and it's really cool. Yeah, I've interviewed Wallace a couple of times. Um, she's a badass. She always has been. Yeah. And she's always been very forthright and just cool, mm-hmm. you know, and seems to have a really interesting outlook on the world. And I remember her saying to me years ago, she moved to London at some at some point. I think she ended yeah. up hating it. She was just saying that she felt really isolated and didn't dig it. And Sounds maybe, like a common London experience, I'd say. I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've never been, but I'm not very well traveled. I mean, like, so you're living in Berlin mm-hmm. and I feel like you decamped, you know, to use that bullshit phrase, a long time ago. Like, I, that's another thing where I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm too old now to like go somewhere. Yeah. Like, I'm stuck in Ireland forever. Yeah. But like, did you find that getting out of Ireland helped you as a creative? Does it matter? Um, I would say actually it probably did. Like, so... Wyvern Lingo, we all moved together because, as I say, we were like fully like at the band together. That was that was our that was our main focus for that whole time. And so for us to move, we would have had to all do that together at the same time. And I have to say, I, I felt weird that this has come into the, the topic, but like I was feeling I had turned 28, which is that like like typical Saturn's rising age to like not that I believe in any of that but I'm just saying it's like it's a total cliche of like the panic age uh for like oh my god I'm turning 30 and I'm going into the like burning furnace but uh that was when we moved over and I guess I guess in a way because because COVID hit we had already recorded our album in Berlin COVID hit we finished it at home in Ireland And then we all realized, I think it put things into perspective for a lot of people, but certainly for us, like Saoirse decided she was not actually happy in Berlin. She wasn't excited about going back. She was making her anxious. Um, Karen, unfortunately, there was a a death in the family and, and she decided to move home. And I knew that I just was not finished with Berlin. And that like, now is the time for me to do that. Because, you know, I don't know, I had always... You'll be able to tell by my song selection, but I, you know, I'd always like romanticized living far away and living in the big city. And even like being in Bray, it was really hard to justify sticking it out in Dublin because he's so close. And, you know, I did, I did do it for a while until my mum bribed me uh, to come back home by buying me a scooter. And so began my whole scooter journey. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, I'd always loved the idea of like getting into a city. And Berlin in particular is just a really like vibrant like scruffy place and like it's it's very common and encouraged and normal to be an artist or a musician and so it doesn't feel like not that it doesn't feel shameful in Ireland but it feels like you know it's just it feels like a a more difficult thing to to manage somehow and and just not as encouraged or not as normalized yeah I think so like speaking as someone who kind of made the jump into full-time work in studio in the last kind of 18 months it there is uh, like it's not that people don't look at you the same that's like a massively sweeping statement but like it's there is a different approach in social situations from people who don't understand yeah. and that's fine but it's just because I feel like 
like you're saying, it's like completely normal and it's like part of the culture. It's not counterculture over there, whereas it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a done thing here. Yeah. So totally. people don't necessarily expect it to be a success 100% of the time. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's hard to, you know, you see like people giving out that you wouldn't ask an accountant, you know, oh, so you do that full time and, you know, you don't need to, like, are you good at it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Because it's, it's uh, assume, uh, assuming it's a steady job, you know. But I like, you know, I think when you tell someone that you're, even if you're freelance or you're doing something where, you're not just on a payroll. It's, you know, it's it's going to set off question marks, kind of understandably, but it just does that far less so in Berlin. People are just like, oh yes, of course you can do this. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, and like Adam, you left like was it the finance sector? Or? I worked in a bank for nine years. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I so did. real. Very real. Like too real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Far yeah. too real for a, a little dreamer like me. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, it was. I, I don't know. I I I kind of. Had I never went to college, so like, oh my God, listeners before the encore are going to be absolutely fuming because they're hearing it again. I'm telling the story again, but like, I worked in I worked in the in a bank from the age of nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, never went to college, kind of went straight to work out of school, pretty much, and stayed there. Moved about, you know, climbed the ladder, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That I found music kind of somewhere in the middle of that kind of early middle stages and it was just a case of like building and building and building until it got to a point where I could jump off nice. and not feel like I was going to die on my arse so like it, it, I think the approaches can be very different yeah and I took a massive risk as well and I'm very very grateful that the risk has paid off and um, thus far I'm 18 months in it could all go tits up no, in the air but I think I'm I'm confident now and it's just I wish more people had that confidence and had that kind of support to do that. Not yeah. that I didn't have it. I definitely had it from close family, close friends. And, you know, there's a lot of that. But I think the maybe the outward thought of someone in a situation here in Ireland looking to do that and like pursue that. Yeah. It's n- not necessarily something that you would think would be accepted. Totally. Absolutely. And I mean, because the idea of it is is scary because the cost of living is so is so high here, do you know. Like I, I mean, like fair play to you. I think, I think. Do you wish you had done it sooner? Mm, I have asked myself that question a couple of times, but I don't think I was in a position to do it. Okay. Um, and it's like, like there's like five, six, seven, eight, nine circumstances that I feel like if they didn't line up, it wouldn't have made any sense for me to do that, yeah. or I wouldn't have had. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, I feel or, like you had a breaking point as well, though. Like, I mean... Yeah, to, yeah. I don't want to say you were miserable, but you weren't happy. I wasn't happy. Um, and that was partially due to the way the business was was managed and the people were managed within the business and there wasn't really much room for growth. And I found a thing I liked and they moved me out of that. And it was just like, it, like for no reason other than the fact that I was good at my job and that kind of sucks because it feels like you're being punished rather than rewarded. Yeah. Whereas like now it's the entire opposite. I feel like anything I do, it regardless of how it's received is like some kind of reward, which is yeah. really, really nice. And whether that be just the fact that like, you know, you've enabled me to do my arm of the podcast um, and like meeting people even in here in the room, like we're, we're talking now, we've never met before. So mm-hmm. um, like, that's great. And even like I get to make music with people and I get to like help them do that. And like, that's 
so fucking rewarding rather yeah. than just like crunching numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now I have to do that once a year. But <laughs> you know? yeah. like that's fine. Totally. You know? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, like we like in terms of Berlin, like the lifestyle and just the kind of perception, even like kind of like. I'm wondering, are people, is it so matter of fact or is it harder to impress people? Do they care? Like, I mean, like, is it full of, is every time you open a door, there's a musician there? Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like it's a very thriving place. And even like when I was over briefly in Noicon in November for like a quick holiday, I, you know, I hung out with Louis from Enemies and then I was like uh, walking down the street and it was like someone called my name and I was like, oh my God, it's like, you're like, there are a lot, it seems like the, the, it's a very attractive destination, I think for Irish yeah, and, and yeah, more yeah, of course, yeah. but like, so how are you finding like, I mean, obviously you're there a while now. Mm. I mean, like, what, what's your kind of day to day? Like, do you, does it feel like home? It kind of does, and that's kind of worrying a little bit because I, I love being in Ireland and, and my, my, brother has three young kids and my boyfriend actually lives in Ireland because he's on that magic dole, you know, that artist dole. Oh yeah. So he's, UBI. Yeah. Amazing. So he's based here and he's happy. He's, you know, he's, he's active with various bands and stuff, but, but yeah, I've got a really good, there's a really good crew. Like Louis is, is I'm in a kind of extended group with Louis that <laughs> there's loads of like Irish people moving over there because there's, you know, it, that's also affecting the housing crisis in Berlin because Irish people are like, what, it's only this much money? Cool, I'll pay that. And all the Berliners are like, stop paying <laughs> that much. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And there's, it's just more like, like I live in Neukölln. I live alone in this deadly apartment. It's a bit of a long story about that. I don't really live alone and it's an old contract with I kind of share. But anyway, long, I'm going to just skip on past that. But Is there I, a ghost involved here or something? Like no. Because if there is, I don't want that story to be skipped at all. <laughs> yeah. you know? No, no ghosts. No okay. ghosts. Um, Have you ever but, seen a ghost? But no, just, no. From, like, just from knowing people and like gaining trust, did I like land a kind of a sweet deal with an apartment basically. And then my rehearsal room is um, on a boat and I have like the keys at one point I had the keys to my apartment, Wallace's apartment, which is also a palace, and then the boat. And I was just like, I have the keys to the city. <laughs> I've got it all. Um, I'm the mayor of Berlin. I'm the mayor of Berlin. <laughs> and to, to, so I know what you're saying with like, is there, is it just oversaturated with musicians and people doing all that? London for me has that feeling because it's so rat racy and everyone's like got their like business plan. Whereas life in Berlin is really much more about having a nice existence. And like making work for like, not necessarily with an end goal of like, you know, commercial success. That's kind of not the ethos. So there's loads of like jam nights in bars and loads of open mic nights. And there's a really like friendly, warm scene around all that. Um, and therefore, I feel like it's probably maybe not the place to try and like make it or like be discovered, do you know, but it's a really good place to be. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. And if you want to discover me, I'll be in Berlin. But, you know, there is, I don't know, I feel like it's a better place to be nurtured and to take your time and to have the space to be creative and for that, for you not to feel like any sort of a strange fish because of it. Sure. Uh, before we get to the new single and the scooter tour, just to go back a bit again, if we can, uh, just back to Alison Russell for a second. So mm. you, pl you played Glastonbury, yeah. among other gigs. Yeah. But that one in particular, like, how was that? Because that, that is seen by so many people. And I'm very dismissive. I'm very like, oh, you know, it's this, people have this religious blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I guess as a performer, it must be a hell of a thing. It was kind of surreal because, you, you know, you hear the like, <clears throat> excuse me, the like hallowed name of Glastonbury. 
And then you're there and you pull up in the van and it said we were doing the acoustic stage. So, and I was like getting flashbacks to like, you know, muddy Irish festivals and there was be some shack in the woods that no one would walk past. Uh, But no, it was, it turns out it's a pretty big stage. And it was, we were playing at like midday and there was a lovely crowd and yeah, I don't know. It was all a bit surreal, you know, because like it was cool to play Glastonbury, but it was, you know, it was Alison's, you know, big success, but it was a total bucket list moment for me. But she was like buzzing after and it was deadly. Um, and then we left kind of immediately because we could get an early night and those are those are like hen's teeth when you're on tour. So we were just like, bye. Yeah, we uh, are We are doing, I forgot to introduce at the start of the show, we we're doing top five songs about travel later in the show. But in terms of touring, I mean, especially in this mode, mm. Uh, how do you find it, whether it's with Wallace, Allison, and I'm just curious, around uh, Solo as well, again, we got to the scooter thing, but like, mm-hmm. uh, is it hard to just turn off? And like, 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 this is hardly the same thing at all, and I don't mean it to, but like, after a podcast, for example, like at home, and I'm fucking wired. Yeah, yeah, Long day yeah, at work, yeah. I'm wired. Like, yeah. I find it really hard. But if you're going from city to city, gig to gig, especially like when it's something like Glastonbury, like, I probably wouldn't sleep for a week. No, that doesn't happen <laughs> because you find maybe for the first few gigs and then you get into this weird mode where you're like poured onto the stage. Glastonbury kind of felt like that. We'd all had three hours sleep. So we had a gig in Oxford the night before and then had to do like a giant drive, get three hours sleep along the way and keep going. Uh, so there's something kind of bizarre about like I'm on stage, but then you're kind of in maybe a good state to be on stage because you're a bit like you're a bit not yourself you're a bit like almost wo- like woozy. Not thinking about it too much. Yeah. yeah. And then you're in, you've got this strange energy that can really work on stage if you're all just a bit like, like if you're all a bit tired. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like being a bit like, not stoned, but a bit wired or something is what it feels like. You know, you're a bit like, I don't know, on a different vibration that I think actually just translate what, translates well to being on stage. But you learn to like, if there's 20 minutes at some point to lie down and nap you do that and at any point you could probably do that because everyone's just at this like balance of like having to keep it keep it energized but then also just not really getting enough sleep so I think when everybody came back I mean and that's for me maybe that's just for me maybe some people come back buzzing but personally I'm like could absolutely sleep <laughs> could definitely sleep is it like a different discipline for you though? Because obviously with Wyvern Lingo, you're doing a lot of different things. Yeah. It's not just behind the kit. Yeah. You know, but behind the kit, of course, is its own level of importance. But like mm-hmm. in this situation, you're very much part of a band. You know, as you, you said earlier on, you're like, this is Alison's moment. Yeah. I mean, it's your moment too in a way, but obviously you're like, is that, you know, do you see yourself as a certain cog in a machine? How, yeah. how does it feel for you to kind of go on there? That's actually uh, just, yeah, I think that's a good point. Actually, after Wyvern Lingo gigs, my head would be buzzing because I would have there, I would have done, like, I would have played guitar, I would have been playing a kind of sample pad, I would have played the drums. I would have, and, and I, my brain would have been, like, processing all that. Like, I was really, like, weird and rude after Wyvern Lingo gigs because there'd be so, I'd have to just, like, sit down. And the girls would be wanting to go out and do merch and meet people, and I'd be like, no, 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 no. I just <laughs> need to, like, stare into this corner for, like, half an hour. And, I, like, after so many years, they got used to that. They're like, oh, see you later. Um... But with, I think when it's, yeah, with, with like, like with Alison Russell it's, or, or even with Wallace, it's kind of easier to feel like, feel like you're part of a machine, I suppose, but in like a nice way. Um, and, and different artists have different ways that they like to process a gig, like, um, as, as like 
as Alison and the gang would say, like they don't they don't do an autopsy afterwards. They just if there's something to think about next time we're putting together a set list, we'll talk about it then. Otherwise, we just feel the good feeling and move on. You know, because sometimes they'll be like, oh, I got this thing wrong. Or, oh, I forgot to do this thing. Or, hey, what was up with that being so slow or so far? You know, this kind of thing. So uh, it's kind of learning, learning not to do that. But they're different. It's a different feeling after after every kind of gig, like Wallace gigs. Um, those are intense because... I, I just call her curveball bird because I just have no idea. And like people <laughs> do be slagging me because I like, I have to do the gig like this. I'm like staring at her really intensely and she's always laughing at me. I'm like, I, I don't know what she's going to do. And I just have to be like watching every like, every subtle movement that she makes to go with it, which is really fun. But you definitely come off stage, you know, needing a, a non-alcoholic beer. Like you wouldn't believe she's on the dry. Uh, uh, la- lastly, I just on all this. I mean, like, in, do you see a future in which you are jumping from band to band? Is that is that something that you'd want to to kind of chase down? I don't know. I'm very confused. I don't know. I is don't know. Go- is it good confused or bad confused? I don't know that either. That's okay. Uh, I don't know. I I love change, and I think if I were just doing the one thing, it would drive me mad. I love doing different things. Um. And also, if I think about one thing too long, I really spiral. So it's kind of good to have to, like, dip in and out of things. Um, But I really can't think much further past next year or I might be trying to get a job in a bank. Because, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. What would your advice be on that, Adam? Don't. (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah. No. (laughs) Stick stick with it. Did you have to, (laughs) I assume you had to cover up your your, your tattoos, did you, in the bank? Um, Up to a certain point, yes. But uh, after, uh, I just kind of mentally checked out and yeah. I, I mean I was working in back offices they didn't really like I was a voice on a phone and a name and an email it didn't really matter at that point it sounds like lyrics to a song there you know well I'm gonna you heard it here first <laughs> um, I'm not a shirt and tie guy you no, know? Uh, like, it was again up until a point when I was like in branch and working with people I got given out to for having tattoos in hot press what? I was like, this is a rock and roll magazine. Oh my God, is it going to like <laughs> seep into my words that are printed onto this page? I know, ridiculous. But like, I don't know. I mean, what? Like, that is bonkers. Yeah, um, we were talking off mic earlier about tattoos. Uh, can I ask you sincerely, would you recommend knuckle tattoos for someone's first ever tattoo? As someone who has knuckle tattoos. Uh, as someone's first tattoo? I don't know. I think I I felt like I got a little bit because uh, I didn't have many tattoos when I first got these. I think I only had one other. Okay. And I feel like I got a little bit of the stink eye. I from, feel like you're kind of jumping the gun from me. Yeah, from you. Not I sure. want to say here, no, not from you. No, 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 no. No, of course not. No, 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 no. But like certain friends of mine that would have had like more tattoos, you know, as if I don't know, as if oh, like, like you didn't earn them type thing. Kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of thing. Purists. Yeah. Yeah. Tattoo purists. Whereas I'm such a devil because like I don't want to I don't want to get tattoos where I can't see them. Do you know? So I only have tattoos like like where where I'd wear a t shirt and my arm and my you know, this is where my tattoos are. Yeah, I've never understood like neck. back of the neck or something or like or like your like shoulder blades or whatever. It's like I don't know, maybe if you're like an athlete or something, yeah. but I'm just like, what's the point? It just feels like you have money to burn and you want to put something where you're never gonna see it. I don't understand. I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I, feel, show, I, say. I feel like if someone's getting knuckle tattoos, right, mm-hmm. here's what they could do. They yeah. could get tree on one set and the German word for house, house? <laughs> oh I like that a <laughs> on lot on the other and it just so happens that the non-German spelling of treehouse is the name of your new song yeah nice let's take a listen that's called a link everybody very good <laughs> chase away the daylight cause something just doesn't feel right but
that is Treehouse. It is the new single from Quidabara. Congratulations on the release and the very release of the video as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Very experimental video out there. <laughs> Lots of different costumes, mm-hmm. homemade stuff. A yes. literal straw hat. All that. Yeah. Yeah, all that. So what's the concept? What's the avant-garde concept for, for the wow. visuals that, that accompany this? <laughs> um, I guess like the, the song itself is a kind of like petulant inner child point of view on how how do I manage this this place as a as a as a wannabe adult uh and so I guess we just kind of with the video myself and Katie Freeney two 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 gals you know over two days uh we got a lot of stuff fair play to us um we kind of just went with like a kind of cartoonish look at like how do adults so it's you know but it all had to be like gorgeous so, you know, it's all these kind of like, I don't know how to put it into words, but there's there's cake, there's chicken nuggets. Yeah, in a wallet, tinsel. which really kind of upset me. Because yeah. I've got this weird thing where like food should be where food goes. <laughs> and like, I don't know what it is, but I actually was like, I watched it and I was like, I was just like, okay, I appreciate the art here. The high concept <laughs> nature of it all and it's executed very, very well. But <laughs> I was like, so get that cake out of that one. <laughs> skin is crawling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. mission accomplished if you were trying to, you know. Yes, good. <laughs> expose some kind of weirdness I didn't even know I had. Um I mean like it's it's gorgeously shot. I don't know if this if this is like some kind of DIY micro budget situation. Yeah. But even at the end when you're in a rowboat, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that looks like a shot out of a movie. Oh. So congratulations to everyone. Katie Freeney. Yeah. That's it. It looks great. Have you ever uh, did you ever have a treehouse as a kid? Do you have one now? No, I always wanted one. And you know, I uh I was obsessed with little rascals when I was a kid. Did you see that movie? Yeah. They had a the He Man Woman Haters Club, but they had the the shed. What do they call it? The clubhouse. And every like Christmas and birthday, I would ask for a clubhouse from Santa. Until eventually, my parents got me a, a four man tent with a table and chairs inside, and it was the worst birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's some childhood trauma. Yeah, it was, that's very specific. It was really tough, but uh, no, I just always. Uh, I guess it's just like the like ultimate like child escapism uh, dream. But no, I would have absolutely loved a treehouse. I kind of still would. I think my my modern day version of that is I'd ultimately like to live on a houseboat. It's what I have my like my vault on my Revolut apps called houseboat. Keep but on dreaming. You, see, but you rehearse on a on a boat. You were yeah, saying. so I feel like it's manifested in a in, in, a, a, way, in a way. Yeah, yeah. I am boat adjacent. Did you see the thing at Glastonbury where somebody like brought an IKEA like the, like they went to IKEA and, and, and built a bed? No in, way. In, in their tent, like, <gasps> like, like like a double bed. Wow. Yeah. What a hack. What a uh, smart festival hack. festival hack. Hack. Like, no, no, as in like it's a. I know, I know, but like the I'm effort the, of that. Like, I'm not calling the per- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like might. effort enough dragging your cans to the tent. Like this what, alone. This is what Tapley said, wasn't it? Recently, when he was, was whoever I mentioned it, they were just like that. Seems like way too much effort. Yeah. But like, if I'm at a festival for a week or something, fair, fair, because they open it from like the Wednesday. Or something. Yeah, I I did go. You know, I used to just go to festivals and do a trust fall, especially in Ireland, especially like small festivals like Knock and Stock, and I'll just I'll land where I land and it'll be fine. And then one year, my friend asked if I wanted to join in her her glamping situation, and I'm ruined. Mm-hmm. So I. Uh, yeah, I won't. I won't rough it again. This is the path that everyone goes down. Because again, yeah. working at festivals over the years for Hot Press or whoever, like the one thing you would at least get is a B and B. Yeah. Whereas you know, I've had to camp at festivals before, and um, one time for like Body and Soul on like the rainiest weekend of all time, and I, I'm pretty sure I, what I went through was you know, World War One pales by yeah. comparison. <laughs> 
It was horrendous. And I was just like, this is awful. Yeah. I, why do people sign up for this? Yeah, I know. They paid Wi- money to be there. <laughs> Willingly. They paid money. It's wild. It's outrageous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the scooter tour. Yeah. This is your second scooter tour yes. of Ireland. True. And like it sounds, you will be going from county to county, venue to venue, to play shows. You're on a scooter. Yes. The scooter that you, you've revealed that your mother... Tried to bribe you. So, like, is this some kind of weird appeasement thing to be like, I will come home, but I will not be around? <laughs> that, so, so that happened when I was still in college. Uh, my mom was like, if you move home, I'll buy a scooter. I was like, yes. But then I was commuting from Bray into Thomas Street in Dublin. So, no, it wasn't ideal. And it wasn't great for certain days of the week. But I love that little thing. And I guess because being a scooter owner in Ireland is so impractical that I was like, what's the like ultimate thing I could do with this scooter? And that's kind of it. But last year I was like gearing up to do it. I'd firmly put the cart before the horse. I'd like announced dates. I'd booked the gigs. I'd been talking about it all over the internet to whoever would listen. And then I took this like bandiel scooter that I've had for like eight, nine years. And it was already old to a garage to be like, right, do it up there and I'll bring it on the road. And the garage was like, do not drive this, this thing. I'm surprised this will get you home. And I was like, ah, oh, what do you know? That's so romantic, you know? <laughs> it's going to be great. And uh, But then as I was driving at home that night, it just felt like the wheels were wobblier than usual. And I was just getting spooked by any little bump. And I was like, eh. But uh, it was too late. I'd gone past the point of no return. So I like had to like crack into my houseboat fund and try and buy a new scooter from Scooter Island. So it's, I'll never financially recover, but... It's gorgeous and like brand new. So I actually have like just a year old scooter now. Just one day in my life, I want to be able to turn around to somebody and say, I had to break into my houseboat fund. <laughs> I hope it happens. I wonder who I'll be then. So hang on. Um, just like me. <laughs> like, so, that was, so that was last kind of summer around the same time. Yeah. How many dates did you do? I was on the road for like a month, but I think I did like, I don't know. 14. So uh, am I right in saying that the idea of this is that it's it's whatever you can carry yeah. on the scooter yeah. and that's what you will perform with when you go and play and there's various different dates and you're playing kind of bespoke places as well. I think you played in the window of a coffee shop. I did, yeah. That looked cool. Was it cool? Looked cool. Wasn't well, cool. <laughs> no, it was. Kind it was of, that that half second pause that gave it all yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it looked cool. It was nice to like have like for the photos, I guess. But I was about to say, like, at least you can put them in like some kind of you know like catalog or something. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a funny idea, and it was kind of the. It was very much the DNA of what I was after last year, going for very like, I suppose, unique experiences. But ultimately, I was busking, and you know there was I I just. What I'm really more interested in is making uh, a very like a very like clear concentrated atmosphere, which you just can't do that when you're singing out onto the street about your feelings. Where people so, like play this, you know, there wasn't any of that. Was I, there? No, there oh, wasn't yeah. any of that. In fairness, there wasn't any of that. But it was just a bit like, God, I'm a 31 year old woman. What am I doing <laughs> in this window? And the idea of the gig was that I was advertising the very coffee hatch that I was obstructing. So great. No one could actually use the hatch while I was sitting in it, but I was like, it's over here for when you want coffee in the future. Uh, yep. So in terms of equipment, because you have yeah. this cool guitar, which is like kind of just one long neck or something. Very polarizing guitar, but I'm glad you think it's cool. Can you describe it? I'm not a guitar person. <clears throat> it is like, so it doesn't have a head. 
It's just the neck and the machine heads are in the body of the guitar and it looks like a big pink spatula. Um, and it's, it's really cool. I love it. Why is it polarizing? Who, who has dared come out against this? So my friend's TV Applebee says he hates the look of it. This, it actually doesn't sound as bad as you might think it does, but it, you know, it's, it's, I like how shit it looks and I think it's got a charm. It's also very practical for this purpose. It's entirely practical. Because yeah. you couldn't bring like a flying V, I presume. That would be a bit more awkward. That would be awkward. But you, I also ordered another guitar this morning. <laughs> For the tour? For the tour. It's a little uh, a little acoustic Yamaha thing and it's great. So uh, I, do you change it up or like, like, or is it like, give me the image of you right. on the road. All right. So I'm on the scooter. It's a gorgeous lemon yellow scooter with like black edges. It's actually very cool looking IMO. Uh, I've got black saddlebags on the side, which hold like 10 kg collectively. Then I usually bungee on the pink spatula in its little black case on my left-hand side. And on my right-hand side is going to go this new little acoustic in its black case. And I'm getting a pizza box for the back. Nice. Because I don't need to be living as like, there was loads of room for me to put more luggage on it last year. I just didn't get around to it. Uh, and I'm going to put real cool stickers on the pizza box. And I've got a wee amp and I have one outfit that is like a like gorgeous dress by this designer, Ashley Duffy. Um, I've even got some like fairy lights, tiny little bit of set design. Um, always wear a hat because the helmet hair is outrageous. And it's really gorgeous and cool. Yeah, hat on stage. Always. Helmet on the road. Helmet on the road. Should be, just just yeah. any, any, any fucking nerds listening right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Safety yeah. first is adhered to at all times. Yeah. Like, has anyone ever stopped you and been like, what is all, what is the meaning of this, young young lady? Like, imagine like a guard car pulling up and not understanding. To go back to the whole musician thing, surely this is, because like, I can't think of anyone who's done this. Maybe someone has, but I've never, this is a very unique thing to do. Yeah. No, I haven't heard of it either. To be honest, like, it's not like I'm going around in a homer mobile. It's all quite like neat looking. Uh, it's well packed, um, so like I like at worst I probably look like I'm delivering pizzas, but that's you know, like I've seen lads with things bungeed onto the bike that you know, so it's it's in that way it's fine, but uh, I'm actually still a learner, so I hope they don't pull me over. <laughs> uh, what speaking of learn uh, learner, what did you learn from the oh. first tour? Like 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 what are the I'll never do that again, or you know what was yeah the... actually well yeah playing in windowsills uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> Not not uh, not selling tickets, and I, that's not even necessarily from a money point of view. It's just to get the the commitment of the audience members. Because even if you play somewhere where you have some people's attention, like I played in, there's a lovely cafe in Galway that I'd like been daydreaming about playing since like I you know went there years ago, and I was like, this will be nice to do a tour and go there. But then they just weren't set up for it. That someone had like reserved a table like right in front of the stage. And that person never turned up and I don't think they were even going to go to, they weren't there for the gig, you know. So then you had people that were trying to get in that couldn't get seats because there was these reserve signs. And didn't, it was just like there's people in the cafe that did not want to see a show right now, you know, stuff like that. So I think in the interest of like creating the best atmosphere possible, I think selling tickets, everybody knows exactly what they're there for. I think that that was a really valuable lesson to learn, but I'm glad that I... I'm glad that I experienced the other aspect of that because it's really nice to do the kind of ad hoc or, you know, just the kind of 
just more spontaneous thing like that that exact cafe this secret garden cafe there was one year in 2017 that was the year I took like a week break from Wyvendingo and I just went over just like went uh, over to Galway and just like moseyed around brought my guitar brought a little amp and just walked into secret garden cafe and was like can I just play some tunes in the corner and they were like yeah and then I ended up just doing a little impromptu gig for everyone that was there and I was like kind of just really enjoying how in a really simple way, in, a, in, the, in the most simple, basic way, how it changes the atmosphere of a room and becomes like a little bit of a memorable experience or a little bit of a better experience sometimes or not, you know. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what, what I was really interested in pursuing, I suppose. Um, but I think as the as I kind of gather steam with the scooter tour and if I do it again, like next year, I'd like to go from Ireland to Berlin. I think that the gigs need to have a kind of consistent quality that I'd like to yeah I'll keep you've um so by the time this podcast is out the tour will be underway there will mm-hmm. be a link in our show notes and obviously if you follow Quida Barra on Instagram in particular you're very active there yeah. lots of links 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 go 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 <laughs> um you're packing in a lot of gigs like, every time I check your Instagram story you've added another one yeah is this the I can't say no thing <laughs> uh this is like uh maybe Maybe. It's really because every gig means I definitely have somewhere to sleep that night. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, there was sometimes last year where it was nice to have a free night, but I kind of just ended up being in like a town. I don't want to be like naming or shaming any shit towns, but there's a few shit towns in Ireland that it's just like... Drogheda. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Top of the <laughs> I'm, I'm from them allowed. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I know uh, that I guess it's just like, especially if it's in a close proximity, then yeah, ideally I'd just be in gig, gig, gig every night. And, and like I, I love the spontaneity I can't say no to a good opportunity or a good like new experience or you just never know who you meet or like what kind of experience or memory you'll have so yeah especially with the scooter tour I saying no isn't really a thing unless it seems shit yeah which they don't and I guess lastly like you know what, windowsill bad what was the best experience of doing the first one the first tour um I mean, gig wise, the best one, the most memorable mo- one for me was there's a there's a bookshop in Kinsale called Prim's Books, and it's like this really picturesque secondhand bookstore run by Simon and his border collie, and he's <laughs> got. He had just started doing gigs last year. He didn't even have a PA. He wasn't quite sure how many people would fit in the room, and and now it seems like it's like. He's done a good few more gigs since then and, and it's it's way more established as a venue and so it's really nice to be part of that story in a way, do you know? So, uh, and the gig was just magic, you know, because it was like, it was a sunny evening in Kinsale and it was just, I had just released my, the EP, was it that day? Yeah. So it was just like, oh, just ideal. There's And there's, sometimes it's just, you know, everything you say lands, everybody's laughing, everyone's like sad at the right moments. It just was like, <laughs> We were all like kind of in the, on the same energy. It was kind of, kind of magic. And that was deadly. And then the day after that, I was supposed to have a day off. Uh, and I got a call. I was supposed to play Connelly's Alep the following day, but I got a call from Connelly's Alep saying Brian Deedy had cancelled because he got COVID. And was I nearby? Could I come over that night and just play for whoever turned up? Because they were expecting to make loads of money and then suddenly their act had cancelled. So like people were getting refunded their tickets, but anyone who would come to the bar would see this like, completely ragtag uh, cover band. So we were just like, 
all of us on stage, I'd happened to make, make some friends in Kinsale and we all came over to, to Connolly's Alep and like just put together a band on stage and it would be like shouting out covers to each other like strumming my E, strumming my pain with his fingers. You're just be like, oh shit, we're going to this song. Or, you know, it would just be, yeah, just whatever song everyone started to play would just be joining in and the audience knew that that was the crack and it was really fun. And then that kind of wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a free evening and like I had already had a pint again. Half a pint of Guinness. But I was fully prepared and consailed to get drunk. And then I got this call and I was like, oh, well, I won't I. And everyone who I was with was just like, let's go. So it was deadly. Do you awesome. Know? awesome. Uh, very last question on this before we get to our top five. Does the scooter have a name? No. When I, I, I decided not to name it because I was so quick to ditch the old banger last year that I was like, oh, I don't care about these things. Oh, wow. Turns out. I thought there actually would have been, when you were describing that kind of fateful drive home when you thought it was all going to, you know, go kaput. I thought there might have been some kind of like, I, I can kind of oh, picture you like, I can, yeah, I can picture you like patting it on the side and like <laughs> a single tear rolling down your face. No, actually. As you pick I, up the shotgun. No. It's actually, you know, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not, I, I'm very cutesy in many ways, but I'm not naming my, my vehicles. Turns out. It's probably just, bad karma of some description, so maybe it's for the best. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, you know, I should probably should. I've been asked that before and maybe it, I seem cold. No, 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 no. Like, don't do it for the sake of some bullshit podcast story. <laughs> Stick to your principles and uh, best luck on the tour. Thank you so much. So, yeah, Scooter Tour of Ireland. Links in the description or in the bio of the show or the notes of the show. And, yeah, uh, looking forward to catching you in Dublin, where I live. I won't be going around the country. Absolutely fair. No offence. No, no, <laughs> none taken. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But I do love travel. No, do I though? I don't know. <laughs> That's why this, this top five that we're going to do, songs about travel. Uh-huh. It's a tricky one for me because I'm not that well traveled. I'm better than I was. But I'm not incredibly well traveled. But I figure, given the nature of the tour mm-hmm. and someone who you know has has fled the country, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I took a gamble that you would be good at this. Yeah. So save the podcast, we <laughs> make 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 it good. Um, yeah. So it's pretty much songs about travel. It's pretty much that kind of straightforward nature to it. You were saying that you've you, you may have gone for a, a romantic angle, mm. uh, kind of a adventurous thing. I I, I presume. think so. Uh, I actually like changed my lineup earlier this morning. I was like, "Yeah, there was a oh oh last minute couple of substitutions." Change things well because I think I'd put together a gorgeous playlist, uh, but not very interesting to talk about all of them together. I think. Okay, but uh, should I start at the? Yeah, I, I, so the way that you know this works, of course, is that you know if, if you kind of give us a bit of mystery here and mm-hmm. just you know tease it out, yeah, we'll hear. So I, I, again, I don't you know, don't know what, what you picked. Yeah, and there could be some crossover. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. But yes, as our as our special guest, I would love if you would go first. Okay, great. So yeah, when I was thinking of these songs, I was thinking of uh, what are my favorites to listen to when I am traveling. But that's because you know. The, the subject matter does line up. But this song is... It's more about the general feeling. It makes me feel very masculine and, like, uh, very, like, like, like I'm some greasy man travelling across America. 
and I'm, you know, no one understands me. And, uh, <laughs> and that's a, you know, I like to live my, my, my masculine realness sometimes. Um, and I don't know how much more I should say about it. I look good without a shirt, well, I don't know I can put you in a high-speed chair. When my friends think I'm ugly, I got a masculine face. I got some drag strip courage, I can really drive a bed. So that is Going Out West by Tom Waits. Um, and yeah, I kind of just thought of that one this morning. Uh, basically, I, I, I feel like I sent you a really boring playlist before. And then when I was looking back, I was like, hang on, I ha- literally had a traveling playlist like from a, from 2017. And I went back and listened to it. And this was like the top of the one when I was like going out to Galway by myself. Like, I'm going out west where they appreciate me. I was like taking a break from Ivan Lingo. <laughs> for like a week and uh yeah i just like it just feels like the like movie soundtrack to your own life like driving the bike with this in my headphones even on the way in i was like that's how i feel about that i think this is in fight club it is yeah 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 when they're like when they start the fight club essentially and like this is kind of like overhead shot going down because I knew I recognized it. I've seen Fight Club, like, you know, like like every 39-year-old white male. Yeah. I've seen Fight Club numerous times. <laughs> At least times. once a year. <laughs> I actually watched it on my birthday last year. So. Well, let's make a thing of it. Look, nice. I, I'm, I'm not one of those people who's like, you know, I, I, I think it's satirizing the, the content on that. I think, yeah, I think you know, they're, they're dickheads. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. You're not supposed yeah. to venerate these guys. But it's a great movie. Yeah. And when this plays, yeah, you're like, okay, it's on. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> it's just so... His voice is just pure gravel. Yeah. Like, uh, have you ever like attempted a cover of this? If you did, would you, would you destroy your throat? For I don't know. Like, so it's funny because oh, I was going to say Tom White's songs are kind of kind of tricky to cover. You really have to just go for a different approach. In fact, I have done a cover of uh, "Innocent When You Dream." Uh, it was like a duet with my boyfriend, but. We just did a lovely emotional gorge version of that because you wouldn't dream of <laughs> trying to imitate Tom Waits. See, the first the first Tom Waits that I ever heard was actually a friend of mine used it for her like mime performance in secondary school, and it was Underground. Do you know that one? I I don't think so. Bones, it's real like. He's one of those artists where it's like I've heard a ton. I couldn't, you know, I I I could never claim to be an expert. I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm enamored by him, but I'm also kind of scared of him. I think that's really fair. I think that's really fair. I don't know lots of his stuff. Do you know any of his like older croony stuff? I don't dig. Like, you know, any? Do you know what I'm talking about? The like, oh, much older too. All that like real like croony at the piano. Piano stuff. ballads, yeah. I just I just don't love it. But all this really weird stuff. I feel like it's when he like he married. His wife, Kathleen Brennan, I think her name was. I think it was Irish. And she just started helping. It's a helping. very Irish name. Yeah. She started uh, doing the songwriting with him. Or like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how involved, but I know that suddenly the sound got way more interesting to me. I, I much prefer his like weird kind of spooky stuff. And this kind of aggressive kind of thumping industrial yeah. kind of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, like that's, so he's like, he's got a song called Hell Broke Loose. 
which I think is from like 10 years ago, possibly. I could okay. be wrong on that one. Please don't at me. But <laughs> it's an incredible song and it's just really like tectonic. Is that even the right word for it? It's really just, it sounds like pistons going off. Yeah. And then he's there as well. Nice. And someone has actually like, if you go onto YouTube, someone has put up like a, com- a kind of a super cut of like, Cookie Monster from Sesame Street <laughs> yeah, yeah. in time with the singing and it's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, nice. It, it syncs up so so weirdly perfectly. And yeah, it's like a, a, a terrifying song about like war and being in the trenches and all that kind of stuff. But again, mm. yeah, like he's like he's nightmarish in a way. Yeah. I, I think he's brilliant but from what I do know and I've seen him in, you know, he pops up in films every now and then and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, it's Tom Waits. But like, yeah, he's very singular. Um, so this is your... This is your get you in the mood to to get on the road kind of thing, yeah. All of these are just like general, like they're they're like different different moods on the road, um. But like, or they 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 give me a kind of a wanderlust. Yeah, like you don't want to be sitting still listening to this song. I feel. Yeah, you I was gonna be... like I didn't pick it, but I I want like because like I found that like with this list, I was looking up some like some 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 examples, and a lot of them were just like place names. Yeah. Like, that's not necessary. Although I do have uh, at least one of those, but yeah, I have um, some of those too. <laughs> but like some of them were just like like I was like I was like is that? And, and I really wanted to pick Wanderlust by Wild Beast, but like it's it's nothing to do with travel right, at all, yeah, apart from yeah, the yeah, title. Yeah. It's an amazing song. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I, I guess lastly, I got to ask you though on this one. You said at the start that you were going to to Galway, where they will the West of Ireland, where they where they would appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they appreciate you over there? Um, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. There was actually a nice moment where, because Wyberlinga, what were we doing? It was 2017. We had released I Love You, Sadie. Uh, but we were, and had kind of finished a summer of gigging. And I, yeah, we had some time off. So I went over just because I, I guess it was a kind of an element of, of wanting to disengage from, from the, what it's like to be part of a gang on tour and wanting to just have my own agency. Um, which is the kind of thing that I'm also uh, balancing now. But I decided, I on a whim, I decided to get on a bus that would take me to Inishmore, Aran Islands. And so I went, booked into the, the closest hostel. Uh, and then I met these Romanian lads who were working in the kitchen and we went up to this bar. There happened to be a lad playing tunes up there. Uh, and when he was finished... He came over and he was like, I didn't know if I should invite you up. You're Cleveland Wyberlingo, aren't you? And I was like, shut up. We were like like on the like furthest point of, you know, off on an island. We, I'd have to take a 40 minute ferry to get there. And, you know, it was like this really nice moment. And then we like, the bar closed, but we had just this, we just all sat out on the like porch of the bar and had a, had a big sing song. And, you know, there was this kind of like, it was just a really, really uh, kind of lovely pinch me moment, I suppose. Kind of surreal. So I felt appreciated. I was about to say, so you were, yeah. I was, I felt Asked and answered quite thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Right, number five for me. Um, this is, uh, we're traveling back, if you will, to uh, to uh, an album that I meant an awful lot to uh, Emo Dave when he was in his 20s. Yeah, there are thereabouts. And it still does. In fact, it's an album that I, I, I'm like, why don't I go back to this as much as I used to? And now I definitely will. So here's my number five. All my strings, I'm gonna write another traveling song. About all the billion highways and the cities at the break of dawn Well, I guess the best that I can do now is pretend that I've done nothing wrong 
It's Bright Eyes. It's another traveling song. Getting very literal there with that title. And it is, of course, from I'm Wide Awake It's Morning, which I remember very vividly, like a friend of mine introducing me to this when I would have been like, what the fuck, like 21, 22-ish. By any chance, your friend Adam, who's very good with the with the song recommendations it and is, Dave's formative years. It's my other friend Adam, yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to have... Uh, Adam is here, obviously, and there's, there's another Adam who's in like New Zealand, so there has to be that level of separation. We can never be more than with seven thousand kilometers. With the, with, yeah, with the musical <laughs> eight Adams in my life. Yeah, I, I think feel like I feel like Adams usually have nicknames. Do you have a nickname? I don't, and I'm mm. all right with it. <laughs> I'll work on one. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll work on one. I'll give you to the end of the show. We're gonna name the scooter. We're gonna yeah. give you a nickname. <laughs> call I'll me call scooter, scooter. Call the scooter. Adam. Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll go Perfect. and call you scooter. Yeah. It works perfectly. Right, great. There scooter, I feel like that, Easy. you know, that would suit you quite well. Yeah, more scooter. of a four-wheel man, but... How do you feel about the band, the scooter? Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Yeah. My uh, <laughs> complete side tracker. <laughs> my uh, younger brother, I have two younger brothers. He, my younger brother, Brian, is 20, what, what am I now? I'm going 30, he's 26. Can I just, so, sorry, can I just say, by the way, to both of you, yeah. you started on, you're like, oh, I'm going to the furnace of turning 30, and you're like, oh, I'm going 30. Lads, I would kill <laughs> to be, <laughs> oh, I don't to mind be it. going into the furnace of 30 right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm absolutely fine, but I'm just start, <laughs> reverse engineering his age, because that's the only way I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, he went, he came back, he's like, oh, was that the best gig of my life last night? I was like, what were you at? Scooter in the three arena. No way. Yeah, Scooter in the three arena. Nice. Unironically. I'm sure it's a spectacle, you know. I would say so, yeah. I've seen all kinds of stuff in that in that arena. I'd say they were jumping all over the world. Seen Macklemore, seen Nickelback, you know. I've seen it, <laughs> seen it. I've seen it all. But I haven't seen Bright Eyes. I've never seen Bright Eyes live. And I went through a big phase, you know, big, big phase of loving Conor O'Burst and everything he was doing for quite some time. Um I was I was I was mildly terrified of picking this because I was like I was like, I wonder if Quee thinks like Connor Oberst is like the the worst version of the earnest lad with the guitar because it is very heart in your sleeve stuff. It is and very wry as well. You know, I think I I think I only know first day of my life, and there's some other there's some other song about it being cold and trying to get a taxi. Yeah, that sounds like a no, song. <laughs> I think we have to walk whatever that is I mean I think it's gorgeous I just never got into it whenever I hear it I'm always like oh yeah I would recommend if you're ever to take a punt well I'd recommend I'm I'm Wide Awake It's Morning it is really good but I'd also Mm. recommend they released two albums on the same day I think it was when that came out and the other one is like a much more electronica focused one called Digital Ash in a Digital Urn terrible name but there's some great stuff on it Mm. Um, and yeah it was a real kind of phase I had for a while Yeah, and um. I was, I was about to say like my Conor Ober story, but it's not my Conor Ober story. Uh, a good friend of mine, Carlo, Carlo Malacco, a great musician in his own right. He, um, and previous guest of the show, I remember uh, he was having a day, like it was a couple of years ago, he was just having like pre-pandemic and he was having a very, very bad time of it. Or I think a friend of his was and he just found himself pulled in all different directions. He was under a lot of stress and a lot of stuff was happening. Like work was very stressful. His friend was going through a thing. I think he was just kind of in a bit of a maelstrom. Carlo was a very empathetic kind of guy. And he found himself in the library bar in Dublin, RIP library bar. Yeah. Yeah, fucking gone. That used to be a great spot to do interviews in. Yeah. It's perfect. Interviewed Dermot Kennedy there, I believe. Did interview Dermot Kennedy there. Interviewed the guy from Lost Profits there. Oh, <laughs> let's gloss over that one quickly. Yeesh. Yeesh. Same Whoa. day I interviewed uh, Joffrey from Game of Thrones, a.k.a. Jack Leeson. 
I've interviewed them all, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a great spot to go to. So it's Carlo, the best times it was the worst. Time. Carlo, and just to clarify, guy from Lost Prophets, scum, subhuman scum. Yeah. Um, fucking Carlo, though, not subhuman scum. Very nice guy. He was in library bar getting himself like a drink to kind of and just calm down for the stressful day he was having. And he looked across the room and he thought he recognized the guy sitting a couple of seats away or whatever. And he looked again and he realized it's Connor Oberst. Because I guess he was in town for a gig or something. It might have been Better Oblivion Community Center or one of his other side projects or something. Mm-hmm. But he saw like a, a hint of recognition in Connor Obar's eyes. And I think Carlo would be like a fan of his. But the the tumult that he was going through in his brain, he was like, not now, Connor Oberst. Because <laughs> he just saw the most emotional musician of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I can't handle this. <laughs> not, not today. Did, did he just say nothing? Said nothing. Oh, yeah. yeah, didn't, yeah, go, yeah. didn't go over. I don't know if he'd be, I don't know if he would go over anyway, but I think he was just like, I can't, I can't, like, I, this is too much. Yeah, 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 of yeah. Of all the people, someone who's like the most heart on their sleeve kind of guy. But yeah. um, yeah, and again, like, you know, like this is obviously a very literal song about being on the road, which I don't, I don't know. You do. Really? Well, yeah, but, but especially like, well, certainly not from the point of view of a touring musician. Yeah. And, like, a bit of that and this. But I mean, like, do you, like, are you ever drawn to, because like, I found with, with, with this list as well, I thought I was going to run into like a million versions of the I'm on the road song and I'm writing about being on the road because of course everyone says that well that's your second album always but like I don't know I kind of feel like maybe that's a big cliche that musicians don't do to be honest I two of the songs that I axed from the list earlier are kind of that one of them one of them that I axed was uh, So Far Away by um, Carol King Mm -hmm. I don't know why like my brain always starts to scramble when I have to say someone's name Um, but yeah, that that one is very much about like one more song about moving along the highway. You know, it's very much like the kind of the sad side of touring. But another one was uh, Blues Runs the Game. You know that one? Catch a boat to England, maybe, maybe to Spain. Um, it's, yeah, about being depressed on the road. <laughs> Me and room service, we're living a life of sin. Like, yeah, it's, uh, which is like, I think I put those in because when you're on tour, they kind of, you kind of sing them to yourself. You kind of indulge in the like, just another hotel room far away from my baby, you know. <laughs> so it's like, but I, I I kind of enjoy other people's wallowing. I don't necessarily wallow. I just kind of get flustered and tired. Okay. But I, <laughs> I probably should wallow a bit more so I can write some songs about it. But Okay. Is, num- is yeah. number four for you on the wallow side of things? No, actually, this is a this is a bit of a weird one. It was just on that list from 2017. Uh, this is like it's this um a rapper from new york from a it's initially from a mixtape that she brought out in 2016 and it's kind of where some of the some of the songs on my list are like looking to the future this is kind of nostalgic and i really like i really like that she does that uh it's very like the imagery is really strong and it's just got a really strong atmosphere that I really appreciate about, appreciate about her stuff in general. Especially this album. I was on a six. For 250 I could go anywhere I want Even if they check my bags I'm hiding weed from the cops I was on a six. Green line chip. I was on a six. For 250 I could go anywhere I want Even if they check my bags I'm hiding weed from the cops I was on a six. Green line chip. I was on a six. Fuck with the kid. You don't fuck with the kid. And I 
show you my world And y'all seen how I live From the womb to the crib And the crib to the school and So the school yeah, that's uh, Green Line by Princess Nokia um, It's from her album called 1992 Which is bizarrely the year that uh, Tom Waits released the album that the last track was on um, but yeah this came out the deluxe version of this album came out in 2017 and that was really the one that I listened to a lot and I didn't know do you know Princess Nokia? I had a moment when this was around and then for some reason she just disappeared from my listening library and I can't give you a good enough reason why because no, no, I like what she's done but yeah no, just, me too the, the thing about her right is I think she's she's um, she's she changes around her style a lot, which means sometimes I'm really on board with it and sometimes I'm really not. And I think just the nature of her being from New York, she's got like a lot of different heritage, like Puerto Rican, African. Uh, she, I think she was like raised in a Jewish family at some point. Maybe I think that was maybe her foster family. I might be wrong, but she's got she's she's constantly talking about all the all the different uh, ancestry she's got. I suppose. Um, that I think that makes for her being a very like changeable artist, uh, which sometimes is I think works and is really impressive, and sometimes I I'm not so impressed by. So like her first album as Princess Nokia was like this metallic butterfly kind of, kind of like pop raveish kind of a thing, bit emo kind of thing. I just wasn't really that into it. Whereas this one has like that like more old school. It's got kind of the like a tribe called Quest charm to me a little bit. Um, or that like old like 90s New York I guess that's you know makes sense that that yeah. would be like the name of the album and I think she like she, you know it's a lot of it is so nostalgic and I just I just uh, I really like she's kind of like romanticizing her her teen years even though she talks about them being quite hard I think that her foster family were I think her foster mom was a bit uh, abusive but she just has this really I just I really like songs like that that you're like seeing the world from someone's eyes in a little bit. And she just kind of like lists things, you know, like lists like places that she would eat and the kind of food she'd be having. And as much as like I haven't really kept up with what she's been up to, I, you know, I'm not always impressed by it. I I I have a lot of respect for the fact that she's just powering on and doing what she feels like she needs to do in that moment. You know, making I mean, it's music that doesn't necessarily all play together. If you like shuffle her. Spotify, for example, it's 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 you know goes in a lot of different directions, but but she but the work is is happening, you know, and so I feel like and and it you know I feel like that's that's kind of inspiring, and it, and any kind of work that encourages you to want to make work, I think, is good, and that's how I feel about her stuff. Yeah, and there's an atmosphere to this track. I mean, it feels like you're walking around a place with her. Yeah, like a physical setting. It feels yeah. like you're in New York City, like yeah, at sunset or something, and it's like. 30 degrees outside and Holy. like the air is really thick. Have either know? of you been? I've never been to New York. No. Once for like three days and it felt like being in a poem. It was really nice. Oh, really? <laughs> it just felt like being in like a cool movie. No way. Because there's a hue. You know the way they say that? But like different different places in the world, they actually kind of have a different like color okay. because of the way that, I don't know, now don't at me as you say. But like I feel like like New York kind of has like a yellowy hue whereas Ireland has like a bluish you can just kind of see it it looks like the TV in a way it's bizarre uh, yeah but I think it's a really cool spot I would love to spend more time there and actually even just like being on the Alison Russell tour like two, two of the two of the other players were from New York and I'm like I want to come visit um, but yeah other than Berlin I feel like New York is somewhere that I'd really love to spend some time 
back in uh, the hot press days when we would do like a there's like a panel box like my favorite city yeah and for example it could be like you know Queen, we don't have room for an interview but we can do my favorite city. like it's just right. like a tiny little thing you know and at the end of it it'd be like you know catch Queen on tour and blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but it got to a point where we almost had to stop we had to ask people to stop saying new york because it was just really? it was just constant it was just like like and like you know you don't want to be like don't pick it but like it just kept <laughs> every yeah, person just would just say new york boring. and it was yeah. kind of like but they had like you saying like that the poem thing yeah some people were just so spellbound by it yeah and i'm like wow really okay i've never been um it seems chaotic i'd like to go i just yeah. you know not that well traveled but um but you you were talking about toronto i've been to toronto twice you've been jet set in the past couple of years hey what can i say no, it has been a while been to toronto what been to toronto mean? no 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 I've, I've, I've been over to toronto a couple of times but like i that's i've never been in america i've been in canada but like uh, you know i'm like yeah it's a, i think it's like an arrested development thing do you hate flying not really i don't like it okay. but i can do it like okay. you know I, I, but i've never it's never like a, it's not like a martin simpson thing you know like <laughs> but i mean um i remember once being <sighs> being on a plane and going to france and it was like for a music festival for for a work thing or whatever but it was like this metallica gig no 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 <laughs> that, that was everything uh, sorry not well traveled he's been to paris twice on okay. two different two different gigs <laughs> gig tours uh, uh, no uh, one was paris and one was ren okay oh yes this was the snowboarding one perhaps no that's that's austria like, come on see, oh, no, 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 come on you've fallen into my trap i'm ready hey. I've probably been on a plane like 10 times, I don't know, but I mean like, it's it's not, I'm not like someone who like goes on holidays every fucking month or something mm-hmm. or every yeah, few months. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. But I do remember uh, it was it was like seven in the morning or something and it was really windy. I remember like walking to the plane and it was so windy that people were almost getting knocked over. I remember getting on, the plane was kind of shaky and I was like, well, this isn't a good start at all, mm-hmm. is it? <laughs> and I just remember like being up in the sky and I remember like looking down at the ground, just like, you know, the ground where your feet are, that's where, that's where your feet go. And it was like... <laughs> In my in my mind's eye, I just like I could just see like the plane like like, like blueprints. Mm-hmm. I could see like the drawings of the plane, like the the physical reality of the plane stripped away, and it became like drawings of the plane, and like you know this this kind of this gorgeous like you know pencil drawings, and I just saw like the mechanics of everything, oh, God. and I just imagined like that all just falling away, and all I could see was like my feet and you know the the fucking sea the or earth? something oh my god and i just imagined the plane just falling apart piece by piece and i was like oh and i was like i <laughs> i'm going to die oh, no. uh, and somehow i just kind of snapped out of it but it was a real like yeah no i don't i don't have a fear of flying i just have that thing where you're like i can't do anything here yeah. i'm completely hell if anything happens i'm fucked yeah like it's over you know yeah. and like that creeps into your head sometimes of course absolutely just the helplessness thing i I like that. You like that. I like that because I'm like, uh, oh, well, what a way to go. Yeah. You know? It doesn't I, it doesn't freak me out as such. I'm like, it's almost out of laziness. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I could just end things now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't even know what's happened type thing. Yeah. I remember seeing Bill Burr, the comedian, live before, and he talked about being on a plane and like something happening where like, Turb- massive turbulence happened or whatever and it looked, it, it, it looked bad or whatever and he said that the the flight attendant said that she just stopped what she was doing and sat down and just looked at the floor and he was like what zen thing are you getting out of looking at the floor that is keeping you from freaking out he's like it's, it's clear that we're fucked and he said like the guy next to him like got his foot and like put it like on the seat against the seat in front of him like just to like brace himself like put his foot against the thing and Bill Burr was like 
what do you he's like what do you think that's gonna do yeah. he's like if the plane crashes he was like is you reading that's gonna save you buddy yeah, like yeah 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 i was howling with laughter but no 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 i'm not like i'm not afraid of planes um it's it, it's kind of like it's like it's weird it's like cars as well it's like if i could not be in one i'd rather not be in you one don't drive. that's the thing and i, I want to hold that back until later Okay. Because I want to talk about not being a driver. Okay. So let's move on to, is it my number four? It is your number four. It is. And this is a place name. So I went for the cliche, but it's a good song. So here we, here we go. I was walking through icy streams that took my breath away. Moving slowly through westward water over glacial plains in a walked off field. It's Maggie Rogers. It's Alaska, and I love well, the song. I love the song. It's amazing. Banger, uh, yeah, such a banger. And I love, I, I love the imagery of it. You know, the walking mm-hmm. over glacial plains thing. I've never done that. I'd love to do that. Yeah, that sounds cool. It does sound cool. Like I've never been to like Iceland or any of those places, mm. which look amazing every time someone goes. Yeah, someone being dahi, <laughs> <laughs> taking nice photographs. You've been called out on the podcast. <laughs> That's right, man. How dare you have a nice lifestyle? Um, but no, it's uh, and of course the idea as well. I guess of you know, you're taking your troubles with you, or maybe leaving some stuff behind. I love I love that lyric, and I walked off you. I love when a lyric's so simple. And you're like, damn it, it's gorgeous, isn't I it? I wish I thought of that. Have you seen? I, I assume you've seen the the clip of Pharrell. Of course, you know it's so exciting, and I yeah. think every time you hear this song, you get like excited for her. Like it's like the ultimate like when a teacher is like pleasantly surprised with your work. Such yeah, a, can yeah. you explain that to anyone who may not have seen this clip before? Uh, it's it's a clip of Pharrell and. Maggie and she's just a student like finishing her course and they're like sitting in the studio and just like they just play the track for Pharrell and she's like all nervous just like looking at the ground kind of trying to side eye Pharrell to get his reaction and he's like looking at the camera like making this like incredulous face like this is unreal (laughs) it's so good and then when he when it's finished he's just like whoa it's like oh it's so good I actually Adam is turning around in his chair because I have a I have a bit of audio from that moment oh nice so so yeah and like and this was the song I mean this is pretty much yeah I mean obviously like you know she'd get she's in NYU he's doing a master class as you say but it's like whatever version of this ended up on the album I don't hear a ton of difference maybe there's some like maybe it's re-recorded in some nice Bit, a bit more expensive or something but like it's mm-hmm. the she wrote the fucking song as a student and it's this song yeah and this is his reaction wow wow i have zero 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 notes for that and i'll tell you why is because you're doing your own thing it's singular it's like when the Wu-Tang Clan came out, like no one could really judge it. You either liked it or you didn't, but you couldn't compare it to anything else. And that is such a special quality and all of us possess that ability, but you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to, to seek yeah. and you have to be willing to be like real frank and your music and Frank and your choices. So yeah, and that's a bit of that. And yeah, she's just sitting there kind of like, you know, nodding along, delighted with life. Um, but very cool. Just like, you know, just like, and clearly like, you're like, well, 
as he says, I have nothing to teach you. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the artist is here. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, eventually she would release the debut album, Heard It In A Past Life, which is really, really, really good. Uh, interviewed her on that album. She was really? cool. Yeah, yeah, she was dead on, just nice. over the phone. Saw her live in the Academy, and I remember being like, near the back at the bar and it was Chatter's Central and I was like why are you here why are you at this gig just people just yapping away which is very annoying but she was great and her band were cool and again to give you an example of an artist that I was once into who not that I'm not into anymore but I haven't even heard the most recent album and I have no good reason why she put out an album last year yeah I was going to say there was one out last year and I just missed it like and even though I I say I missed it I'm looking at it right now on Spotify Mm -hmm. I could listen to it on the walk home maybe I will but, but yeah, I, I'm really into what she does up until, again, the album I haven't heard yet. Maybe yeah. it's wildly different. But yeah, this song is so evocative. It's great. And it does put you in that kind of place. And I love that image of just like, you know, whether it is the physicality of some kind of glacial landscape or mm. the idea of, you know, traveling through through time, li- like literally getting older, leaving people around, like behind. And, and like the idea of like, the idea of, I, I don't know, maybe I'm literalizing it too much here, but... The idea of leaving heartbreak in another country, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Get back on the plane. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I guess it's just like, yeah, recognizing the kind of personal growth that you go through. And and that's, for me, that's a big appeal of of travel. And for, I mean, I, I think that's why it's so healthy for people is that you, you see everything from a different perspective, like literally you're in a different part of the world, but you see yourself in a different perspective because you're not, you're not, um, even just taking yourself away from the people that know you really well because you you start to behave in a way that they're expecting you to behave in so when you take yourself out of that you you know you you're I mean I you know you know yourself you adapt to different people in different ways but it's in a really healthy way you start to like really know you get a better sense of yourself in a in a really helpful way and I think that's yeah that's definitely what this this song touches on for sure can we have your next one please yes you can okay this particular one when I'm on the scooter, I've been listening to this album. Uh, I don't know how much, how many facts you want me to give you at this point. Are as you trying many, to guess? As many as you want. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna, like this is your. It's a guessing game. <laughs> um, I just, I love, I love the, I love this album. First of all, it's from like 1973. I think personally, I like my most like wistful music collection, or like you know, the time I would have loved to be a teenager is definitely the 70s, uh, but maybe as a man. Um, but yeah, this, this song, I, this whole album I like to listen to when I'm on the scooter, uh, not too loud. It's legal. It's not illegal. Get off. Don't at me, as you say. Um, (laughs) safety first, safety first. And, uh, it's about, I wrote it down actually. Yeah. Well, I, it seems like it's about him like leaving his, leaving a bad situation, but it's actually just about him like going home. Apparently he wrote it when he was going back home, uh, from the train station to his house. Oh, it's a banger. Put it on there. Been worried about my babies. Been worried about my wife. Just one place for a man to be when he's worried about his life. I'm going home. Hey, hey, over there. So this is Over the Hill by John Martin from his 1973 album called Solid Air. 
Uh, it's the same album that has May You Never on it, which is like, yeah, definitely his like smash hit. That was the, the first song that I discovered of his. And then I eventually like, yeah, delved into this album. And uh, he's another artist who's, yeah, who's, who's, Sound, I think, is kind of timeless, and I and I, I really like the journey of his artistry. I feel like I still have a lot to learn about it, but this this album, I'm still kind of uh, absorbing, and I'm still like waiting to to get sick of it to move on to the next one, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I really uh, I started to perform this live then at my gigs because it just felt like I don't know, it's it's a really good like anthem, especially like if you're a crap dad. <laughs> it's got that like I'm worried about my babies worried about my wife just one thing for a man to do and he's worried about his life I'm going home you know he's running away from his problems is how I understood that maybe I'm actually wrong but I'm pretty sure he's just running away because he's talking about how much he loves cocaine and whoever this Mary Jane character is the uh, the performance that you do mm. uh, does it differ much from the original version like do you kind of put your own because you're because when you were saying you were like you know you'd love to have grown up in the 70s yeah as a man i'm curious are you trying to inhabit him or something uh no not necessarily no i just mean like you know as a woman i feel like there's still a long way to go for like you know rights basic safety (laughs) you know so uh oh yeah yeah no i just think uh, you could jump into any point in time as a as a white man and you'd probably be all right uh, but anyway, yeah, not to get too dark about that. What about that. ancient Rome, eh? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not so good. <laughs> I don't really have any desire to go to ancient Rome, though. I don't know. What were the tunes like in ancient Rome? Um, probably amazing, but also lots of violence. Yes. And all kinds of horror. So yeah, wouldn't get it as good as this, I'd say. No, <laughs> no. Um, it's well, a gorgeous I, song. Oh, yeah, I know. I love this, and it, it. I. I'm still endeavoring to like write what I think would be the perfect soundtrack for going over the back roads in Ireland. So I was listening to this album. I was listening to um, Shadows on Stone by Matt Malloy. Uh, yeah, just lots of like kind of natural sounding, wistful music. This is like ideal. But no, with this one, I was just doing it on my guitar and just like, you know, screaming my head off like I do. Not necessarily in like a, yeah, you know, you have to put your own spin on it, you know. Are the back roads of Ireland especially wistful? Like, is, is that the key emotion? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. Especially like last August, Fortune was smiling upon me in a big way. It was like, like sweltering heat. Like I had my leather jacket on, but I did not need it. You know, it was like... It was roasting and it was like, it was like being in, I don't know, it was like going over like cartoon hills. Because like, you know yourself, like the landscape in Ireland is so like lush and green and healthy looking, especially compared to like, you know, let's let's say Spain where the weather's usually good, but the, but the, like the landscape is arid, you know, this is like, just looks like cartoon land because it, because it's so rare. Um, So it's really like, Yeah. Gorgeous. And weird little winding back roads that like, you know, were formed organically over years and years and years, you know, that it's just, yeah, it's definitely uh, the feeling I would say is like wistful. I haven't heard this song in years. Uh, I didn't recognize it when you first played it for a second. Then I was like, oh, of course. Uh, And I forget who, if you're listening, I apologize. But someone sent it to me once and I was Mm. just like, I remember being blown, years ago, I remember being blown away by it. I I really, he is a blind spot though for me beyond this, like pretty (laughs) much. So maybe I need to do some investigating. He's deadly. I was reading a thing about him today that uh, one of his albums that I haven't actually listened to yet, but he was like, it, it cited him as like the, or it, it got him the title of like the father of trip hop. So I'm like, 
must must uh, you know investigate further. But he ended up living in Thomastown in Kilkenny. Is he from Liverpool, or am I imagining this? He's Scottish. He's Scottish. Yeah. See, I'm, I was imagining it. Yeah. UK though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scotland, you're still there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, although I think he, I think he ended up having, he wasn't very popular in Thomastown, and I think he like had pretty bad diabetes because of his like pretty bad drinking problem. And don't know how popular he was in the end, but he made some fierce good tunes. That's true. Um, my number three is a real uh, kind of a throwaway one, and it's again, it's one of those ones where I'm like, I'm like, is this a meme? I think it might be in a way, but I also think like it's it's a pretty good song. So uh, let's have it, Adam. And I need you, and I miss you, and now I wonder if I could fall into the sky. Do you think time went past me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles if I can just. It's Vanessa Carlton. It's a thousand miles. A thousand miles. Would you go a thousand miles for somebody on foot? Apparently, that's what she's saying. Um, on foot. I guess I'll walk, so. Yeah. I mean, so she's the proclaimer is um, only about five hundred. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the Taylor Swift of her day, I would say. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, that's my random. I don't know if she had quite the same following. No. Kind of. Uh, would it be cruel to call her a, a one hit wonder? wonder? I didn't say it. Well, I don't think that's a dirty word. She. Well, it would be it three dirty words, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you know what I mean. But um, no, but she's had six albums. I'm, I'm seeing now. Mm-hmm. When yeah, do you think... Oh, look, they're all still at the music. Yeah. Like. <laughs> when do you think her most recent album was released? What year? I'd say 2022. Adam, 2023. The answer is 2020. It was called. No, it, was called it was called Love Is an Art. Um, oh, well, this is like I, I couldn't name you again. Like I always conjure up this scenario where I'm like someone puts a gun to like my mother's head. And they're like, we're gonna fucking blow her head off if you, unless you can tell us one more of Vanessa Carlton. And I'm like, sorry, mom. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love you. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's her birthday yesterday. Um, and I'm just like, uh, I, I couldn't. No, uh, like to me, Vanessa Carlton doesn't exist outside of this one song. Yeah. And the video. Yeah. And speaking of traveling, have you seen that video? Boy, yes. does that piano travel down sure that hill? Does. She's on a magical piano. It's true. That is flying around the streets of America. <laughs> <laughs> the streets of America. The highways, it crosses borders. Highways, different and highways. States. Like I mean, a scooter is is very impressive, but a, but a piano. A, a, a grand, I can't beat that. A grand piano. I can't beat that. Yeah, is this a banger? I think it is. Ha, um, I'm going to see your banger, right? And raise you the remix with Rage Against the Machine. You're kidding. I don't think I've heard that. That exists. It's so good. It's going to blow your mind. Like I'm assuming unofficial mashup by some genius. Yeah. Okay. It works. Will I look it up now? Please I'm do. I'm going to do it right Please now. Please do. Yeah, it's look it so good. We're doing it live. I went through a. I went through a, a phase. I'm going to call it. Or so, at some point, I was busier than usual doing DJ gigs, and uh, if I felt it was appropriate, this would be my finisher, and it was uh, a beautiful thing. Okay. It was usually not appropriate, but that was kind of all the fun. On the scene that bar crosses, some of those that work forces. Yeah. Nice. 
<laughs> Very nice. I like that. How have I never heard that before? I don't know. That's wild. I listen to it as often as I can. So you're saying that there's instances in which that wouldn't be appropriate to play as in a DJ set? Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's if there's enough people there that you know are going to get it, it's really good. Fair enough. In fact, one person is plenty. Oh, yeah. Someone comes up to you afterwards in tears being like, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I had that that experience after DJing at Knockenstock in one year. I just like went firmly with like the R&B, like smoochy bangers. And then the next day I had people giving me hugs. They were like, thank you. That was so nice. I didn't what? play this, though. I didn't know this one yet. It would have been played. Okay. <laughs> it would have been. Set closer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my number three. Oh, yeah. So it's over to you now. On to my penultimate choice. So, like, you know... This artist is just the bee's knees. She's just the, like, the ultimate boss, if especially as, like, a, a female singer-songwriter. Um, and this particular song is, uh, I mean, so much of her material is, is, is about travel, and I think, like, she has had a huge impact on me uh, in wanting to kind of because she, she, she's a painter and a musician. She says of herself that she's kind of a painter who ended up as a musician accidentally. And um, I think that's kind of what inspired me to like go to art college and stuff, to be like, can I manage both? Turns out, no. But anyway, play the track and we'll talk more after. So I bought me a ticket, I caught a plane to Spain, went to a party down a red dirt road. There were lots of pretty people there. Reading Rolling Stone, reading Vogue I said, how long can you hang around? I said, a week, maybe two Just until my skin turns brown And I'm going home To California California, I'm coming home Oh, will you take me as I am? Strung out on another man California yeah, that's California by Joni Mitchell from her 1971 album Blue. Um, are you a fan of Joni Mitchell? I wouldn't insult Joni Mitchell by saying I'm a fan of hers. <laughs> it's not that I'm not a fan of hers. I have a, like, I, not to hijack your thing here real quick, but like I watched a documentary last night about the uh, creative design team that worked on like Dark Side of the Moon mm-hmm. and lots of stuff from that era and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Beatles and 10CC and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, and it really just made me feel more embarrassed that I don't have a great appreciation for uh, yeah. the classics and 60, yeah, 70 yeah. stuff. And it's, like Johnny Mitchell's obviously a god, but I'm, I'm, I'm still over there listening to Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> like, totally, and, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, it's very much like, it's not, I, I, I don't, I, I've, of course I've heard Blue, who hasn't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't just throw it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you make me feel flawed here. You no, know? This no, is, not at all. I think that's cool. I mean, I, I feel like, like I'm over here being embarrassed because I feel like it's such a basic bitch choice. Like, you not know, this female podcast. singer-songwriter <laughs> wants to play Joni Mitchell. Mm, like, groundbreaking. I mean, here's, the, here's the forum. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah. the forum to talk about it. Also, just quickly, I did a Joni count because I thought we would have a lot of Joni picked and I haven't done a count in a while. Okay. Really? Any guesses? Zero. One. This is one. Any guesses how many how, times how she's been picked in a top five? On the show's you history. You were saying zero. Well, I'm saying I've never. I know I never have. It could Pre- be, it could other be people, massively high. Other people may have, but I could be Could be massively high or massively low. <coughs> I'm going to say that this is the debut. Let's, I'm going to just join in because I have no idea. Fourth. Fourth. Uh, this is, this fourth appearance. Which is like not... 
It's like not a princely song. So this is the fourth time I've been scrambling to try and find something good to say about not good to say, but like something substantial to say about. Don't like don't don't you worry, don't you worry about it. Um, she's an absolute legend and uh, kind of name dropping, but not really. But Alison Russell performed with Joni Mitchell like a week before I started toying with her because she did like her first show in 23 years in a venue called The Gorge in the States. I don't know. But uh, like, yeah, I'm like one step closer to like... Uh, <laughs> yes, two degrees removed yeah, or two steps removed. Yeah, I removed. feel like there was maybe still some of her, her air was still around the band when I met them. Did you know this in advance or did, did she drop this on you? No, I knew, I knew... And this is like the second gig that they've done as like a big thing with Johnny Mitchell, which is just like wild, absolutely wild. Um, yeah, I love Johnny Mitchell. I love this album Blue and there's another one, Court and Spark, which are just absolutely gorgeous. But she writes a lot about traveling and I really like um, so much of her lyrics. She can be really profound and then it can be just be really like um, stream of consciousness and matter of fact, almost like, you know, free writing or something, which 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 I, I love and is kind of like, is kind of, I kind of love anything that makes me think like, I could do that. Not to say that I could do what Johnny Mitchell <laughs> does at all, but it's more like... It's empowering and inspiring, Yeah, right? it is. It is that, yeah. Um, this particular song she wrote when she was living in France and kind of romanticizing going back to California where I think she was part of what you were calling like counterculture, mm. a little bit. Um I think like yeah the again artists, yeah, you know. yeah like early 70s in California like LA I'm sure was just like a lot of crack um as in fun <laughs> probably other things as well um Most and yes yeah. even like even you know there's just even little lyrics that would have been like popping around my head when I was interrailing like bought me a ticket hopped on a plane to Spain is like something that I did and then I was all excited that I did that and then you know I'm like was like listening to Joni Mitchell like uh, a lot of the time when I was traveling because it just has it's that kind of music that just inspires like wanderlust probably made me like want to live in different countries and stuff have you seen her perform live like years ago 23 years ago no way hills okay Um, I wish (laughs) so what is like She's not touring or anything, right? There's, Jesus, no. It's just like, she just did a random she just gig? Did a, she just did a once-off gig. There's an artist called Brandy Carlisle. I've heard of. Yeah, right. I've heard of Brandy Carlisle as well. Yeah, she's pretty big in the States and is held in very high esteem by a lot of people over there. Uh, I don't really know her stuff very well, but she's seems to be, yeah, you know, doing great things. And I think because of her... She kind of helped organize this big thing for Joni to like do her first, they called it like, I think Joni Jam. And it was like three days of performances where like Joni would kind of like be on stage like in an armchair and people would be like doing their sets and doing duets with her and stuff. So like, because I think she, I think she hasn't been well recently. Yeah, they're definitely like, I've, I've seen the headlines pop up every now and yeah. then. So this was kind of what she could do. And but like her first time on stage in 23 years, which is wild. Yeah, um, I guess I was trying to imagine if you were like, if you happened to catch her when you were a child or something. No, <laughs> it's a magical no. setting. No, to be honest, my I, I mean, Blue was an was an album that was like a part of the stacks of CDs in my house, but I don't think either of my parents are like mad about Johnny Mitchell the way I went through a phase of just like picking out random CDs from the collection and putting them on, and then Blue was one of them, and I was like, oh my god! The discoveries I've made doing the exact yeah. same thing as a yeah. child, amazing. I discovered Shade. Nice. Through that, which was like the pinnacle of that and like uh, T-Rex and Mark Boland yeah, was, was yeah. pretty great. Um, but yeah, God, 
Which them's is so were good. the days. It must be so nice for like because yeah, them's were the days because that's not going to happen with the next generation really. But it must be so nice for your parents that you like run off with one of their CDs and I'm like are totally vibing. You know, it must be such a cute thing. Yeah, so that's what happened with this one, anyways. So I'm going to change the tone completely Uh-oh. for my runner-up this week. Although uh, the Rage Against the Machine emergence will will definitely uh, serve as a nice accompaniment, mm-hmm. companion to this mm-hmm. band. And this also will, will, will bring me back to my, you know, talking about how I don't drive. So Nice. Here we go, Adam. turn around during that <laughs> and said ah when the, when, the, when the word passenger was dropped there that's passenger by Deftones and uh, Maynard James Keenan of Tool is on the other vocal there so before we get to that though I have to interrupt this for just a second so uh, Peter McGann uh, recent guest co-host on the yeah, show yeah future I hope lovely man uh, he, he put out a tweet there that I found very funny that I saw while I while that was playing he said, uh, "This is you know. This goes back to the Ryan Tuberty day of days that we've had today. He's making, he's getting mileage out of that. Let me tell so you. So did I. I he's he's putting put some brilliant stuff. I was, <laughs> I was unleashed on Twitter today as well. Uh, Peter McGann says, "I'd be sinking pints if I were Ryan now, and they taste so sweet. Oh God, imagine the post-Eroctus pints and exhale in a glass. By half of the first one, you would think nothing bad could ever happen to you again, and maybe it won't. <laughs> <laughs> Love heart emoji." <laughs> Ah, fantastic. Also fantastic, Deftones and this incredible song from White Pony. Um, I was going to pick The Passenger by Iggy Pop, but I picked Passenger by Deftones because I, I have more of a connection to this one, I suppose. But also, the main thing here is, yes, I, I don't drive. And I'm, you know, I, I was saying earlier I'm poorly travelled. I've been to a few places, but not a, a crazy amount of places. Mm. But, um, but you know, so you're about to, you know, I was going to say jet off. That doesn't make sense. You're about to rev up on your scooter tour. Oh, very good, Dave. <laughs> nice. Thanks. I don't know if it was very good. It was okay. <laughs> On your scooter tour of Ireland, of course, uh, go get tickets, everybody. Um, but I like that to me is like unfathomable for many reasons. One of which is I physically can't drive, and, and I've never really had a interest in doing so. Why, why the honk can't you drive? Um, nice, I, I like that. That was good. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I I've never had to do it. I guess okay. I, I grew up in a town where everything was accessible by foot, yeah. and you know would be. I also, you know. I don't like being in cars. I feel unsafe in them. Oh, really? Not like, not never to a level of get me the fuck out of here. But yeah. I, the truth is I'd actually rather not be in a car. And I don't have, there's no traumatic past okay. here. There's no incident of anything. I just don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really trust it for some reason. Interesting. And I've just never really bothered to learn how to drive. I've never needed to for a start. Yeah. That's a privilege, of course. But I just, yeah. And I'm also kind of like, I'm like, this looks like it costs a lot of money. It, it oh, does. Very dangerous. It's a money in some, in, it in, is that. In some respects. And it's the worst. So, yeah. So, I, I have always been, for the most part of my life, a passenger. And I don't mind public transport. I yeah. actually kind of like it. You know, like I don't yeah. like like I like hopping on and hopping off a bus. You know, even That's fair. even a grotty Dublin bus. You know, yeah. but you had um, your Lewis Green Line experience for the first time last week. It's true. I wow. I I got onto the Lewis Green Line for the first time in my life. Uh, Where does the Green Line go now? The green Line is like all over, like. It's like kind of south, is south Dublin. So what is okay, it? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Cowper, Ranelagh, 
Um, goes the whole way out to Dundrum, I think, Green Line. Apparently, which I saw Even further, on the thing. I think it goes out. Yeah, it goes, goes out out further now, does it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it has done for years because it's kind of not so far from Bray. It's like Bride's Glen is like... Bride's Glen was the, yeah, was, so like the, the one. Was the stop, the yeah. But I got off at Ranala to get to the studio. This is last week. This is very interesting podcasting, isn't it, everybody? <laughs> wow. um, but uh, Redline for life, or since, since 2015, since I moved to Dublin. So uh, the Lewis is like a Redline. terrifying place as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. It is just I still, a yeah, jungle out there. Oh, I've seen all kinds of stuff uh, as, as I'm sure many people have yeah yeah. it tends it, to stay on the red line I think I, the green line appears to be uh, it went up over uh, over like a bridge Adam was like I'm parked outside the Lewis station and I was like what are you talking about I don't know Lewis stations yeah. and I was like oh my god it's a Lewis station yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, wow I was like that's, yeah, yeah. that's a building for yeah. the Lewis so I was like what the fuck uh, yeah, I've seen all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite recent Lewis thing is my friend Mark Conroy, uh, former guest of the show. Uh, he took a photograph one day. I f- this <laughs> took a photograph one day of uh, there was a clown on the Lewis. <laughs> There's a man dressed as a clown. Oh my god! And he, oh, was, he was like holding the thing. And I have to say, like you know, like I, I feel, I still feel it was kind of bad for him to do this, but for to the poor guy. So he was. Mark took a photograph. He was like sitting in a, in a in a chair in the Lewis mm. in a seat, and the clown or Mark? The clown was. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Mark may have been standing. I don't know, but like I guess it, it had the energy of someone who was like coming back after a long day of clowning. Right. He just yeah. seemed like slumped in the chair, kind of like you know. Hand almost to the ground. Um, it was gloves by a ton, man. Comical, yeah. comical horn out of shot, I presume. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. So Mark took, Mark snapped a photo of this guy. So he couldn't see his face. And mm-hmm. even if he could see his face, I guess it would be covered in clown makeup. But, you know, because I'm not advocating for taking photographs of people without their permission. Never, ever do that. But it's a clown. Yeah. Yeah. More of a prop than a man, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. A device, <laughs> if you will. A comical <laughs> device. Yeah. yeah. A, a, a conduit of comedy. I was just <laughs> about to say a conduit of humor, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my bit. So Mark takes a photograph of the guy and puts on Twitter and says, I just saw Leo Varadkar on the Lewis. <laughs> 3,000 likes or something. Nice. It's a great gag. It's a great gag. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure the clown, you know, as a, as a student of the game, would, would, would yeah. appreciate <laughs> yeah. the situation. Um, and that's the story of why Dave doesn't drive. So there yes, you go. That's fair. I mean, to be honest, I only started driving when I started uh, playing drums I started, was like, okay, need to, Gonna need to transport myself. Transport them around, yeah. So yeah, like I and I would have done a lot of like wedding band stuff. So you need to get to like, you need to be like driving to the back hours of nowhere in the middle of the night, kind of thing, to play a shite wedding set. And then like, is it not mildly terrifying to go around the whole country on a scooter, or are you just so scooter? You know, it's like a second skin now or something. Do you know, I, last year I was anxious, but but less so. Yeah, I was anxious because I didn't really know what to expect. I had never even driven further than like Wicklow Town, I think was the furthest I'd ever got from Bray, like 40 minutes. So, or like, you know, kind of to Dublin, no more than, no more than an hour ever away. So I was totally a little bit anxious, but um, no. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in like feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Um. And no, I think it's, I mean, for me, no, I don't, I don't really feel that. I'm not really an anxious person generally, maybe to a fault, but I, uh, no, I I find it kind of thrilling and kind of peaceful actually, because you can't do anything else. You're literally just driving to the thing and you're, all you can do is be part of the scene that you're in and take in what's coming at you and then go play a lovely gig. Do you know? So it's kind of like, it's kind of like the ideal little quest that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Would you say that your number one selection for this top five is thrilling, peaceful, or lovely? Or all of the above? It's a bit, uh, it's peaceful and lovely, but it's mm, kind of sad. 
Um, I guess all of the songs that I've chosen are like like travel from a different perspective. And this one is one that I like, oh, it was my favorite song when I was a teenager. I even had like lyrics from it. I painted them on like a cupboard in my room. Um, and it's, it's uh, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of about like sad, empty feeling of travel, but in like a really lush and indulgent way. I'm empty and aching and I don't know why Counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike They've all come to look for America All come to look for America All come to look for by Simon and Garfunkel uh, from their 68 album um, called Bookends and yeah it's just it's a song about like yeah two two people hitchhiking across America and uh, I just really love I, I love like the specific imagery that Paul Simon uses in general I just I really like his lyrics um, I really like puts you in the place again that's something that I clearly appreciate um yeah and this one I think when I was a teenager especially I just really wanted to have something you know to be like feeling lost and empty on a bus <laughs> you know with like running out of supplies and the kind of romance of of that struggle uh I think is like yeah the big appeal and it's just it's just a gorgeous piece of music but I feel like Simon and Garfunkel is not your thing it's not that it's not my thing. And again, Alvaretti was on the show uh, a little while ago and I believe she chose... Did she choose two Simon and Garfunkel? Definitely, uh, definitely one. She definitely chose one. I think her number one was one I of think them. She might, I think she might have chosen two of them, yeah. I will, I will check what the archives. What sound is silence? Yeah, because we were doing uh, songs from movies. Yeah. And so she had The Graduate and I'm pretty sure she may have gone. Again, it's just one of those uh, highly embarrassing, like, you know, touchdowns. And I, I do wonder, like, what it is in me that just chose to rebel against all of the... Like, uh, for me, I feel like it's 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 like a it's like a palette that I acquired through my parents' taste. You know, it's yeah. like it was like the background. It was like what was playing in the car. It this was, would have been. I mean, I definitely would have grown. My parents. It's not that they weren't into music, but they weren't like it wasn't always on necessarily. And yeah. if it was, it was like I don't know. Like like I don't want to do them a disservice here, but like I didn't. I wasn't heavily influenced by their record collection or anything. Right. Um. And it took me a long time to even kind of get into music at all, yeah. like properly and give a shit about it. Like, and it was as I've said a million times, it was new metal. It was it was Limp Bizkit, it was Korn, yeah. it was Slipknot, it was those bands that made me actually feel something. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure if you sat me in a room and played this properly to me or something, I probably would have. But I just haven't had that path, I guess. Yeah, and I, I, I also wonder if it's, an, if it's an impatience thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with this kind of music. But I, I tend to be like, I don't know, like adrenaline shots or something. Certainly at that time, formatively. That's yeah. what I wanted. I wanted pop music or I wanted like, then it turned into metal and then back to pop eventually and yeah. so on and so forth. But yeah, no, it's just, it's tricky because, you know, especially like doing something like this and like, you know, and I, I love this. I love having someone on the other side of the, of the room here yeah. who has a, who has a different taste in music than, than I do because mm-hmm. it would just be boring if we were just, you know, being identical to each other. But yeah. uh, I often do feel like out of my depth sometimes on this because you're like, fuck, what am I going to, like, how can I, like, what can I contribute to or what can I add to it? But also it's like, it's not about that really. No. And it shouldn't be about but that. But I also think, I wonder, is there some correlation between the fact that you are not like 
you don't romanticize travel the way that I do. Sure. And whereas all of these have a kind of like a, a wistful look in their eye, and whether it's like looking at where I'm going to go or where I was and it's nostalgic or, you know, yeah. it's all like kind of, everything's kind of in motion. And I love that, you know, I, and, and especially like for me, especially as a kid with music, even though this is a cliche for a lot of people, but certainly like sitting in the back of the car, the CD's playing, you're like pouring over the lyric book, you know, it's like stuff like this. And that's like also for me, and maybe are like some of my best childhood memories, I suppose, you know, like the fondest ones is like where we're traveling to for like, I don't know, my aunties and uncles down the country or whatever. Um, so I wonder, is there like, like, would you think you would have traveled a lot as a kid? Not really, like uh, let's turn this into a psychiatrist yeah, psychi- <laughs> yeah. session. Um, no, no, I think you, you could very well be hitting on something. Because even when you mentioned like, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff, it's like, again, it's not that I like was massively resistant to it, but I, I like family has been a bit of a struggle, I think, in a lot, in a lot of respects in my yeah. life. And I, it's not that I kept to myself. It's a weird one. I mean, yeah, I, like it's not that I, and I think it's, it's taken me like until I've gotten a bit older to actually appreciate the concept of travel. Like, you know, yeah. I'm wanting to go places, yeah. you know, aforementioned Toronto, whatever, like stuff you kind of build up to. And right yeah. now I have to say, like, I, I am in a position where it's like, you know, financially, I can't really afford to just jump on a plane and go somewhere, but I do want to jump on a plane and go somewhere. Yeah. Because I'm kind of like just seeing it more and more. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to go to that place. And why, why haven't I or why don't I? You know? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's just and it, this stuff is coming later in life to me. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the, you know, when I was saying around, oh, I'm not that well traveled. And then I was like, oh, well, I was in France and I was in Austria. Like, and, and, the, and the first time I went to Berlin, that, well, that was like, that was work. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it was work where it was like, you're going to a cool thing. It's also a different lens, isn't it? You're, but you're like you're you're going to like you're being sent to a place. Mm-hmm. And again, like no complaints yeah. about that. But like I, I didn't choose to go there. Like I didn't. It wasn't my like I wouldn't have picked it out of whatever. So you that's know. true. But I I actually think that I prefer going somewhere when I have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's why like like it depends on the tour, and that's that's the appeal of the scooter tours. I am my own agent in so many ways, but. You know, especially when you go, when you travel to somewhere, you, I personally always want to have like an exchange with the place that I've been somehow and not just be a kind of witness to it, Yeah. which is why like doing a gig is kind of perfect because you become a part of the culture for like a second, you know, but you have like, you're there with a purpose and you're like embodying your, what you're, what you're most capable of. And it's almost like this nice, you have an interaction with the place in some way. So I feel like that's why I've chosen music and touring and that's why I was so inspired by like doing a very different kind of touring experience with Andrew with Hosier but but knowing that oh this is I want to travel and play music no matter what it looks like like sleeping on the floor couches whatever that's absolutely what's going to be happening by the way but like you know that this is what I this is what I want to kind of engineer my life to be about so like for example I can see a little sneaky boy lingo album hiding behind that yeah it is indeed. thing yeah why is it hiding you already have a Coronas I'm going to change that right <laughs> <laughs> Adam what have you done I didn't do it there you go that's yeah better. that's better you can see it now uh, not the case I don't think so um, Cormac had it and I think he popped it up and then decided to hide it well, well someone relatable. did. I believe they all fell off onto the head of a drummer recently, so that uh, could have been the reason The reason why. Nonetheless, we've insulted Quee at, at the last here. Yeah. We were doing so well. Well, yeah. I'm going to storm out now. That's fine. But I've got my number one to get to. But oh, I'm sorry. I, I also don't want to interrupt your train of thought. I can't remember how it's gone. 
Uh, I think it was all about like leaving a, a piece of yourself in the places that you go yeah, to. Yeah. So sorry, what I was going to suggest to you is that you could engineer an event or engineer some sort of a reason why you need to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the last thing I want to do is go somewhere and have no, and have no, like, it's aimless. Yeah. And I tend as well, I mean, like, again, like, not to get, like, too, like, personal there, but, like, when I went to Berlin there recently, I went with, like, one of my best friends. It was, like, his 10th or 9th, 10th time going. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, great. I was, like, I won't need to worry about, he can, I'll, I'll follow his lead. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me the good spots. Yeah. Um, bring me to them. And, and, like, that, I think that was a good thing for someone who, you know, it's not that I couldn't get by on my own, but I'd mm-hmm. rather be, like, hello, you live here and you take me around. But, like, yeah. you clearly have much more of an ability to just go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, find, yeah, yeah. find a thing, make it your own. That's and you cool. know it's good. You know that it's a more like uh, organic place to go to rather than some sort of like TripAdvisor says this is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course, of course, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, like the last thing I could ever be is like some kind of drifter who who just like goes from place to place and causes chaos. But <laughs> but but my number one song uh-huh. is all about that, and it's actually an old standard, so I won't feel too bad about Thanks. being too modern. So here we go. That's uh, the Wanderer by Dion. It's like Dion Demucci or Demucci, uh, like Dion the Belmonts. We did like top the best songs of the fifties before on this podcast again, which I was like, how am I going to possibly? But like had a bit of Dion in there, kind of like a standard bearer for this kind of music at the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely pops up in all the kind of the old you know Italian American gangster movies and that kind of stuff. And uh, this song is like you know it's from that era as well, where like this is like under three minutes long. It gets so much done in that time. Yeah. Super jovial. You know, it, just, it physically moves you. I, I always just, like, this song always, always kind of puts a smile on my face. It's about some kind of, like, you know, no good guy going from town to town and breaking hearts wherever he goes. Yeah, and yeah. it's just very, very of its time. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. But but I, but again, it's like, the, the, yeah, there's a carefree recklessness to it. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. And I love, and again, it's like, it's like I'm not, Adam was saying there, he was like, that Elvis movie really changed you, man. <laughs> but, again, <laughs> but again, it didn't really. I, I tend to, like, have a grab bag of tracks from certain areas that I do like but I could yeah. never like again I'm, I'm not going to sit down and, and throw on a Dion album even though I probably should it's probably fucking amazing yeah 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 but it's just earworms get in and stay there and this is one of them so yeah The Wanderer it's so good it's yeah. just a wonderful pop song like, I recognise his voice I don't know this one what it would be his like oh god what was the other song that we picked before uh, I can consult the archives I will look it up uh, like I'll find it now but Where yeah um, but sure, even recently when we were talking about like, um, was it, I, I wonder why did like, we had the mafia movie episode, episode with Peter McGann, like that's Dion and the Belmonts, I believe. I wonder why. And it's just that kind of like you know do wop kind of mm-hmm. you know that kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah, yeah. from that time. Yeah, right? I, nice. wonder, I wonder why it was the one you picked. Yeah, I like I was gonna try and do like a vocal impression, but I'm a drummer. Well, I was a drummer, so you know respect. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not a singer, so three I drummers in the room. Cool. It would appear couldn't possibly. Yeah, well, who needs singers? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just a really cool, jovial one to finish it off. Yeah, yeah, not, nice. A nice country to your um, Simon Garfunkel yeah. melancholy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Back on the good buzz. But on the scooter tour of Ireland, Quee, if someone's seeing you for the very first time in a live setting, what can they expect? Um, they can expect uh, electric guitar and vocal-led music about my feelings. There's a little bit of loop. There's now a little bit of acoustic guitar also. But uh, there's a, yeah, um, 
it's you know it's singer songwriter stuff. I'm not exactly re- reinventing the wheel, but but I you know I I <laughs> I give it a go. Uh, yeah, I feel like all the gigs are all the actual venues are are really um, lovely, intimate spaces, and there's a lot of love and care that go into pretty much everywhere I've gone with. Um, and there'll be good vibes. I think something that's really cool about it, though, is that, like, because I'm forever in a position where, you know, if you're, like, I at the start of the year, myself and Zara Hedeman had to give, like, a list of upcoming gigs that people should go and check out. Mm-hmm. And we were immediately given out to by the producer because they were, like, it's all Dublin. Like, you're just picking Dublin. And I'm like, yeah, but you're kind of at the mercy of, like, all the acts. Like, it's mostly Dublin. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that things don't happen outside of Dublin, but you're like, and I was like, I totally appreciate that, but you're kind of fucked. However, yeah. the Scooter Tour of Ireland is a tour of Ireland. You're going to so many different places. It is, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if there's someone listening here to the show in some far-flung part of the country, the chances are they will have a good, yeah. good chance to go out and see you, and they should go out and see you. Especially course. if you're in... Uh, Cork, I'm actually like kind of low-key just doing a tour of Cork. I'm doing four gigs in West Cork. Or three in West Cork and one in Cork City. Um, I'm doing two in Kerry. Bless you. I'm doing uh, (laughs) Wexford, Waterford. Just added one in Munro's in Galway. I'm going up to Donegal for the first time and all my aunties up there can stop giving out to me. Uh, and you are doing Dublin, of course, because again... Doing Dublin, of course. This yeah. is actually my first Dublin headliner. No way. Wow, congratulations. I just, yeah, I just skipped it entirely last year. Okay. Kind of in like a, ha-ha, I'm from Bray. You have to come out to Bray to the harbour to see me. And this uh, is the one in the Fumbly in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, which I will be attending. Hooray! Hopefully, uh, like you know, some natural disaster doesn't occur. Nope. But it's, it's, be there. it's very near where I live, so there's really no excuse. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and you've been Great. a guest on the show, so yes. it'd be really bad for him yes, if I be. don't turn up. And yeah. also, that's a cool spot. Like, they do cool stuff there. So, yeah, it's. I'm so excited. I actually like, I think Jennifer Evans did like a, a there was just a, a video of, of her performing there from like nine, ten years ago. And I've just been in love with that and daydreaming about them having me in and they agreed which is so crazy so I'm yeah I'm really excited it's a lovely spot awesome we'll have a link to all the dates in the show notes as well but obviously you know you're on Instagram at Mm Barra. the new single Treehouse is out now sure is and you have been our wonderful special guest co-host this week thank you so much Quee thanks for having me thank you and uh, the the main reason why I can't travel is because I'd be too far away from the wonderful (laughs) force of Force of audio nature that is Sonic Architect Adam. Can't. Every week they get Thank you so, much. so much more bizarre. Thanks, thanks everybody. I'm always on the spot trying to think of something cool to say about it. And listen, uh, you uh, haven't you haven't pulled up short yet. That's I, not true. I well, maybe once or twice. Not true. But <laughs> at the same time, it's always very nice to be here. Love being here. It was lovely to have you in. And yes, thank you so much. Welcome back anytime. Yay! All right, 100%. that's the show for this week. And next time on, we'll have um, a returning act, a, a, a double act. Well, there are two members of a, of a of a quartet coming in to talk about their career. That's all I'll say for now. Right, my name is Dave Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. Bye-bye.
the clouds.